Welcome to the Mother's Day edition of the Booze Cruise Podcast. And no, I do not have my mom on this episode. I have Brian. Brian, explain to them what we're watching for the Mother's Day episode. Well, we went through the archives of Tom Cruise movies, all 44 of them, and then we made the executive decision, you know what, what's a great Mother's Day movie? The Mummy. (laughs) Um, And, you know, I thought it was bold of them to pick the British spelling, you know, alienating American audiences. It's true. It might have something to do with its dismal box office returns. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, yeah, so I said, of course, we have to do The Mummy. Mm-hmm. Um, for Mother's Day. So this is a special, um, actually releasing this on a Sunday for Mother's Day, not in the middle of the week when I normally release the podcast. And um, the reason that I chose Brian for The Mummy was because we have laughed repeatedly about the original trailer that was released. Do tell us, Brian. Oh, it's so good. So some poor intern working at Universal... Probably his like third day of work, feeling really like an upstart kid. He was like, I'm going to upload the mommy trailer. How do you-? He sounds like this. Yeah. I'm going to upload the mommy trailer to YouTube. Apparently, Mickey is the new intern. Uh-huh. <laughs> he's, in- a- he's infiltrating from the bottom That's a floor. sabotage. <laughs> he's, he's take- this was a sabotage by Mickey Mouse. Okay, now I'm seeing how this all happened. Because I'm thinking, how did this trailer get released? But if it was Mickey behind all of it, right, it makes that sense. does make sense. So the trailer gets uploaded, and it's up there for like two weeks before somebody points out the audio mix on the trailer is wrong. <laughs> and so like 10, 15 seconds in, it's still normal. But the second they get to the plane scene, all of the ambient sound drops out, and it's just people's voices. So you hear a guy, a guy going like, what the? And then, oh, and then, ah. And it's it's just like people flopping around a plane, like screaming. Um, you hear Toad from Mario Kart if you listen really closely. Are it you was, serious? I am a hundred and ten percent serious. The nerd in me was like, "That's Toad. I know that. I know that noise. <laughs> I know that noise." Pan, 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 this is November 4, zero, niner, niner. What the hell? And so then it became like a phenomenon, like, look at this awful trailer that got released for The Mummy. Hopefully it's not indicative of the film, they said back then. Yeah. Ooh, I think we're about to find out. Okay, so I haven't seen this movie. I haven't either. I, because of the terrible reviews that came out, basically after the trailer, I think everybody was intrigued, Mm -hmm. but like not enough to see it. Right, right. And then I feel like it wasn't one of those that I was like... I have to see it opening weekend. And then it got like terrible reviews. And I was like, eh, I'll watch it when it, you know, comes to home video. Yeah, find like a cheap DVD and yeah, have priced books. Exactly. Like, oh, yeah. And nope, that never happened. <laughs> so, um, so here we are. I literally have no idea what this movie is about. 
Other than that, there's a mummy. I'm assuming. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe maybe one or two. You maybe never know. Maybe one or two. I don't know. Maybe it's just like a it's a you know red herring. There is no mummy in the movie, and that's why it was so bad. I don't know. Um, I I've not even seen like the Brendan Fraser. Really? I, I've seen bits and pieces of it, but I've never sat down and watched it. I'm not like. The whole mummy lore is not interesting to me. Well, I mean, it's it's pretty simple. There's an old dead person who comes back to life <laughs> and terrorizes the living. Yes. And they want to come back to full power. And then because of, you know, the Frasier factor, the you have Frasier factor, you can't you can't lose. There you go. Oh, man, Brendan Frasier. Whew. Yeah, interesting. Um, yeah, I have no, I just, that stuff doesn't intrigue me. But I will say... That the mummy roller coaster at Universal is one of my favorites. <laughs> so, and that's with like zero context, really, of the movie. And it's really just because it's a fun ride. Um, but I, I don't know that I've ever watched the Brendan Fraser, and I definitely haven't seen the old, old. Mm-hmm. I feel like all these dark universe. Um, you monsters mean, yeah the dooku the dooku <laughs> will henceforth be referred to in this podcast as the dooku yeah, the dark universe cinematic universe oh you're gonna hear a lot about it this time listener. oh my gosh <laughs> um i so all those like monsters i just don't have any interest in but also they all have pretty um let's use the word ancient origins <laughs> as if we were talking about a mummy um but like even Dracula, like those kind of mm-hmm. like they have very old origins. So like they have a lot of like movies that were like even like the 1930s. Oh, right. Like, like old. The original movie monsters. You have Dracula, Nosferatu, like Frankenstein, the yes. creature from the Black Lagoon. Like yeah. these are like classic movie monsters. Right. Um, it feels like the mummy's been done the most. Yeah. Um, I, well, I, Dracula maybe. Well, I, yeah, I give it to Dracula for yeah. sure. But, like, The Mummy has been, like, a consistent cinematic thing. Like, yeah. they did it, I think, in the 50s. And then they did the Brendan Fraser trilogy. And then they tried to bring it back with this one. Yeah. And um, what's interesting, and I'll talk more about this later, is that this was supposed to be their launch of the Dark Universe Cinematic Universe. You mean the Dooku? The Dooku. <laughs> <laughs> nice. uh, can we have, like, a Dooku counter in the corner? It's like, bing! Yeah, exactly. Every uh, time there's a, yeah. But, um, so, like, going into this film... I have a feeling we're going to see a lot of grand ideas that don't fully get fleshed out. Like we're going to get introduced to characters where it's like, Oh, if we have a sequel, this character will be really big. And then that never, obviously like nothing ever happens. So it'd be like watching Iron Man and then nothing happening after that. Yeah. It's it's like Nick Fury pops at the end goes, have you heard about the Avengers initiative? And then it just ends. (laughs) (laughs) That's the only, yeah. yeah, that's basically what this movie is. So who do you think Tom Cruise plays? Like, what kind of character do you think he plays? Um, so, if we're going off, it's because they call this a reboot. Okay. And so, assuming that this is a reboot, I'm assuming that... It's Tom- a reboot of the Brendan Fraser? Well, is, that, seen, they, is that what they said? That's Well, they said reboot, but I don't know if it was, like... Because technically, you could call the Brendan Fraser movie a reboot, too. It's so, true. is this a re-reboot? Or, like, how many boots yeah. are we wearing Yeah, how right many now? boots? <laughs> how many feet do we have? I um, mean, <laughs> clearly more than two. <laughs> if I had to take a guess, knowing... Tom Cruise and how he is in films. I would guess that Tom Cruise is the human trying to stop the mummy from taking over the world. Right. He's the good guy. Right. He's, he's the quintessential good guy and he narrowly escapes danger at every turn and he stumbles on to solutions and knowledge about the mummy as like, we go through the movie. Um, like I I can't see him being a bad guy, especially when there's a mummy. Yeah. I mean, yeah. 
Unless he's the mummy. That would be a twist. Um, is he like an archaeologist? Because I don't know if I believe Tom Cruise is an archaeologist. Um, what is Brendan Fraser in, <laughs> in the trilogy? What's his like oh, career gosh. path? I got to like bring back like eight-year-old Brian, like <laughs> like bubbly. Uh, I, I want to say Brendan Fraser was... Oh God, I, I can't even say. I, if I were to say, I know I get it wrong. Yeah. And then like 50 years in my mentions, there'd be some kid be like, excuse me. Um, he was not. <laughs> yeah. Um, because I always feel like this is kind of this, it's the action adventure genre. Although this probably has a little bit more horror elements in it mm-hmm. because of the scariness of the villain. Um, but I always, it makes me think of Indiana Jones, like that kind right. of idea of like the, I'm the nerdy scientist that's also an action star. Right, right. Like, but I can't picture Tom Cruise being like the nerdy, the first part of that. But I but not, nobody believed Harrison Ford either is Oh, the, right. Um, if he I, could pull off the glasses though. Uh, he looks really good. In I the, know. Uh, like as, as a man, from one man to another, <laughs> Harrison Ford was pretty strapping in those old films. <laughs> yeah, but I'm like, I can't picture Tom Cruise in like that kind of role. I feel like he's so... He's such the action star that I'll be interested to see how they set him up as not the action star before he becomes the action star. If that is in case, in fact, the case in this movie. Right. I, if I had to take a bet, I would, I would probably venture to say that he works for the government in some way, shape or form, which is probably why he is connected with like the sarcophagus or like the ruins. I don't see him as a like paleontologist or an archeologist. Um, like he's got to be some kind of like military thing. That's you're probably right. And especially when this movie came out, he was playing a lot of military ish mm-hmm. roles. Yeah. In other movies. Um, yeah, that's interesting. We'll have to talk about that. Okay. Um, all right. I think there's only one way to find out. Let's dive in unless there's something else you want to talk about. Let's just do it. Let's just do it. All right, let's do it. We're going to, hold on. We have to send off to the watch with the scream from the trailer. Yes. As done by Brian Murray. <laughs> uh, it, do you want the Tom Cruise one or do you want like the pilot one? Is there a specific scream? Let's just one? do them both. Um, so Tom Cruise's is like, Wah! Wah! <laughs> <laughs> What does the pilot sound like? Uh, so the pilot was like, Ugh! <laughs> All right, and with that, we dive into the mummy. safely hidden for 2,000 years. This isn't a tomb. It's a prison. Nick! The hieroglyph said she was named Amunet, chosen to be Egypt's next queen. But her thirst for power led her down a darker path, one that had to be stopped. Because of your actions, this ancient power has returned. (laughs) 
Because you were chosen. Chosen? By what? Evil. The ultimate evil. Legend has it she's a being of unimaginable powers. Now she's using you to regain them. <laughs> oh my God. She will not stop until she has remade our world into her own. Stay with me. I'm scared. I'm going to figure this out. Don't leave me. You can't run. You can't escape. She's got plans for you. All right. <laughs> I don't think I have words. That, that was, was a movie about a mummy. I was. Here's the kicker, because I actually paid attention, because it is Mother's Day. Right. There was not a single mom in that entire movie. <laughs> We've been gypped. <laughs> there were no moms. Yeah, for, for a movie called The Mummy, I expected. No moms. It, yeah. If anything, Tom Cruise became a single mother at the end of it. <laughs> Especially with it taking place in London. Or England, or some of it taking place in England. There definitely should have been some moms, some mummies. Oh, man. That was, oh, that was a mess. Oh, was all right. A- it was a mess. Yeah. Um, all right. Today on the podcast <laughs> for the mummy is my dear friend and coworker, Brian Murray. Hey, that's me. Welcome to the podcast. Well, thanks for having me. I'm sorry that you had to watch this one. <laughs> Look, you you said you should watch Cats, and I watched Cats, and now you're like, you should watch The Mummy, and now I've watched The I Mummy. I know. I feel like I've steered you in a lot of wrong directions, Brian. <laughs> we've, we've taken the wrong fork in every road. It's exactly true. So Brian and I are um, desk buddies at work. Yeah. We love a good dad joke, the two of us, even though neither of us are dads. <laughs> Correct. And this is a Mother's Day podcast, yep. but whatever. It is what it is. <laughs> um. And so I thought this would be a really great movie um, to watch with Brian. And it was interesting. It was directed by um, Alex Kurtzman, Mm -hmm. who, fun fact, was a big writer on my favorite TV show of all time. Alias. Alias. Yep. Um, So I'm a little disappointed in Alex. Well, to be fair, though, this is Alex's first big Hollywood movie. It's true. And he really bombed. Well, you know, (laughs) to his credit, I don't think the story was set up to succeed. It's true, but I think he also was a writer on it. So then that's kind of his. Uh. (laughs) (laughs) It's nice that you're trying to give him credit, but he's also in charge of the writing. Look, I mean, like, you know, first time directors, I get it. But like, oh, my, the whole thing was a mess. Like, It had good parts. Like, there was stuff. We'll talk about that. Mm -hmm. But the tagline is... Well, they had two taglines, actually. One of them was, Ancient Evil Returns. Yeah. The other one was, Welcome to a New World of Gods and Monsters. Ooh, ooh. I wrote that down because... (laughs) Ooh, ooh. That's that's when uh, (laughs) Russell Crowe held up the drink, and I was like, he's got a gun. (laughs) (laughs) 
there's, there was, the shot the shot was literally because it, it was such a dark film it was hard to tell what was going yeah. on Man, if, like physically and figuratively yeah. it was a oh. dark film like literally fight scenes were like just close-ups and you're like oh i guess they're winning it, yeah in the dark just yeah. close-ups in the dark you're like who was that was yeah. that a mummy was that who was that i say russell crowe comes up behind tom cruise and is like welcome to the new world of god and god, yeah, gods and monsters yeah. and he's holding up a drink but it looks like a gun until the shot changes i'm like oh <laughs> oh my gosh oh wait no it's just a drink he was toasting <laughs> I, yeah. I think she heard me actually gasp <laughs> <laughs> I, speaking of gasping i audibly gasped multiple times in this movie <laughs> there's a lot of like jump scares and like weird stuff happening um rotten tomato score 16 percent tomato meter I think it's well-earned. <laughs> I think... Okay, so I didn't actually think it was that bad. Mm-hmm. So I think I was bracing myself for, like... The worst. Yeah. And so I think probably because of that, I was like, oh, it wasn't that bad. Well, I, I, and I, so... But so, but I think if I hadn't gone into it with that, like, mm-hmm. knowledge of it being so critically, you know, bashed um, when it came out, I think I probably would be like, yeah, it wasn't great. But now I'm like, it wasn't that bad. I mean, the, there were redeeming parts and yes. not not redeeming of the whole package, but like the scene that we made fun of in the trailer is actually a pretty cool scene. Yeah, the, the stunt. It's yeah. like it's actually I actually wrote in my notes. I was like, why was this not talked about more? Right. Because it, it's kind of crazy what they did. And it's really well done. Yeah. Um, like all the bad sound effects are gone. I listened specifically <laughs> for it. <laughs> There was I, no screaming. I was so bummed. <laughs> I know. Um, but like that scene was really well done. And then um, like all the stuff in London when like the glass is turning to sand and they're running through. I'm like, oh, this is a pretty neat set piece. Yeah. Like it seemed like they had big ideas, but they didn't know how to connect them. Yeah. And it was like the biggest thing for me was like it tonally. It couldn't figure out what it wanted to be. Oh, it was a mess. Because like. Jake Johnson's character is really funny, but it's so out of place in this Mm -hmm. movie. Like, it doesn't make any sense. Like, and you're like, why are you just being Nick from New Girl (laughs) in a movie about a mummy? And then, like, that was the weirdest thing is that Tom Cruise's character is named Nick. And he's oh, like, yeah. and he's like, Nick, Nick. And you're like, what's this is weird. I don't, it's why like, would you, you name? Nick. Yeah. Like you can't cast Jake Johnson in something and then name the other character Nick. See, well, this movie fell. So I have a curse much like Tom M- Cruise, much like Tom Cruise. <laughs> has. Um, whenever I find a character in a movie that I like, they typically don't make it very long. <laughs> and so I wrote in my notes, Johnson is the smartest character. And I was like, I like that man. He gone die. Yep. He died like five <laughs> minutes later. He gone die. Um, so what would you give it out of on a scale of one to 10? I'm going to see if you, if you match up with the audience score, because the 16% was the tomato meter, which is the critics, but the audience score was a little bit higher. So thinking about this critically, um, tonally, it was a mess. It was all over the place. It's all over the place. Um, <laughs> the, the one word I wrote as soon as the movie was over was woof. Nice. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, Cause I feel like Tom Cruise here was miscast. I don't know who I would pick. But I don't think he fit the kind of character they were going for. No, I would agree with that. It, like, in the, at first I was like, oh, if they want to go kind of comedy with it, like, obviously the first person who came to mind for me was Brendan Fraser because he was in The Mummy before. Right. Like, they're trying to recapture that spirit. I was like, could Chris Pratt work here? But no, like, not for the dark stuff. He's like, almost too goofy, yeah. Right. Yeah. And so, like, I couldn't think of a single actor that was like, who would fit this niche, like, kind of 
oddly funny, but like trying too hard to be funny mummy movie. Yeah. Um, but funny so mummy. Miscast totally all over. Like it's way too dark. Um, not a single mother. No, <laughs> that, that, I mean, that's, no that's moms. A, that's the whole point. I know. I mean, come on. Well, and then I also have to take into consideration like, this was supposed to be the start of the Dooku. The Dooku. And so a lot of this film is about like, they set up the organization. They show like uh, Jekyll and Hyde. Um, they show the hand of the creature from the Black Lagoon. Oh, see, I didn't pick up on that. See, yeah. that's the stuff I don't like. I'm like, eh, I, I would never know that. So I was like, oh. <laughs> was, that the, was that the scene where you're like, oh, hold on. I have to write all this yeah, stuff. Yeah, because it literally was like, oh, no. It's like a treasure trove of Easter eggs. Yeah, it yeah. was super cool. But like, it didn't set anything up for that kind of universe. It, it felt like a failed attempt to capture the magic that Marvel harnessed with phase one and phase two. Um, oh God, and this is where I feel bad because I don't want to be like, this movie's the worst. But, it sucks. But like the whole time watching this movie, I had that smirk of like, oh, here we go. Like, yeah. This is about to happen. Yeah. Um, so if I have to be honest, I would give this movie probably a three out of 10. Okay. So you're, you're borderline. I would give it probably a four. I think I'd be a little bit more gracious, mm-hmm. but the audience score is 35%. So that's right in the middle. <gasps> right Look between at us. us. I know. Just like the space between our desks. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, I think like it's sad because you watch it and I think it's, you can see where it could have been amazing. Right. And you can see, cause I wrote in my notes, like how, crap did they talk tom cruise and russell crowe into doing this right two of the most iconic actors of our generation that don't need to do a movie like this absolutely um and i could see as an actor how it would be enticing to play jekyll and hyde Mm-hmm. And I thought he actually did a pretty good job with oh, it. Oh, yeah, no, I loved his. There's a clear distinction between Jekyll and Hyde. Yeah, he does Hyde like is, the, the Cockney accent. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's so good. When he goes to Hyde, you're like, okay, this is cool. Like, he did a really good job of that. So I could see where it would be enticing, but the script is terrible. And honestly, that's the worst part of the whole movie. Um, which is so bizarre because like you said, Christopher McQuarrie wrote it, who by the way Mm -hmm. is one of my favorite directors Yep, and, and I love the stuff that he, uh, the other stuff he's done with Tom Cruise. So it feels like such a big misstep and I can't figure out where the breakdown was. So it's interesting. I was reading facts about this movie before we watched it. Not anything about the plot, obviously, but so according to what I read in an interview, Tom Cruise was given a lot of creative control Ooh, over this film. That and might so, be why. And so what it sounds like was they had a movie that itself didn't work very well, but then Tom Cruise was like, what if we added like action pieces? And it's yeah. like, now Tom, hold on. What, like yeah. You can't just jump out of planes willy-nilly. And he's yeah. like, no, I think uh, I but, will jump out of the but plane. But I can. Watch me. <laughs> like, it's just... It is weird, but I think we talked about that in the in the opener where it's like he's an action guy. And right. this doesn't feel like an action movie. Right. And somehow they turned it into an action movie. Which is why it's so strange. Like, why would you cast Tom Cruise in this role of like of all the people you could pick? Like put out a a call. I I I'm trying to think of an actor I would put in this role versus Tom Cruise. Like maybe rewrite the script a little bit so he's not like a military soldier. Yeah. But like, there's not a single actor I can think of that would fit this. Yeah. It's such a weird move, but I think that's because like the tones all over the place. So it's like, you can't like, you want to pick somebody that fits this tone, but then they don't fit the other tone. Right. And I actually think Tom Cruise. So this is really interesting. The only reason I can think you would cast Tom Cruise is because he's Tom Cruise. Right. And so you're thinking, Oh, people are going to come to the, 
to the box office to see Tom Cruise. Mm -hmm. And it's really interesting. So I've read a bunch of articles over the years and it's about like the, I don't know, like it's around the time of like when the Marvel stuff started coming out, Mm -hmm. the, the new star Wars stuff started coming out. Um, and all of these things that intellectual property is actually bringing people to the theaters more than star power, so to speak. Really? Um, and it's true though. I mean, think about all the movies that are like huge blockbusters over the past few years Mm -hmm. that have nothing to do with who's in them. And a lot of these, um, like with the exception of Marvel. So I feel like Marvel, they obviously had Robert Downey Jr. when they started their cinematic universe, but he was kind of on the outs. Like people, I mean, that really revived his career. So people didn't come to that because of Robert Downey Jr. Right. Um, and then all the new Star Wars, like the new Star Wars trilogy, like nobody knew who Daisy Ridley, John Boyega, Oscar right. Isaac, they didn't know who these people were. Um, and now they're the, you know, they, they're big stars now because the, of Star Wars, right? Absolutely. And so it was a really interesting article about how like stars don't have the power that they used to have. Mm-hmm. Um, and they used to like, uh, I, I, it was a, the, the comparison in the article was, um, Cassandra Bullock's movie, Our Brand is Crisis. Okay. Came out 2015, I think. Totally bombed. Really? Like hardcore. She's and in that, super popular. And it's Sandra Bullock. Yeah. I mean, she's like, she's Sandra Bullock. Um, and then the uh, and it was the same year, um, Bradley Cooper had a movie that came out that totally bombed. I forget what movie it was. It was like he was a chef in it or something. Oh, um, I remember what you're talking about, but I can't think of the name. Yeah, but like that movie came out totally bombed. And so the article was like comparing these two, um, the movies and how like they just don't have the star power that they used mm-hmm. to have. So it's interesting because that was around 2015. This came out in 2017. And so everybody kind of knew that that was the case. Right. So why would you, why? I, that's the only reason I would think you would t- cast Tom Cruise in a role like this. Other than the fact that I'm like, I mean, it is Tom Cruise. Like he's. He's bankable. One of the most iconic actors Absolutely. of our generation. Regardless of how you feel about him. Um, if you, how you feel about him personally, how you feel about him as an actor. He's been in a lot of huge movies. Mm-hmm. Um a lot of iconic movies. Um, and so that's the only reason I would think you would cast him, but you're right. He doesn't really fit, but it's really weird because around this time, um, he really, and I've talked about this a little on the podcast, like in his, the later part of his career, he's really kind of leaned into the comedy Mm -hmm. and almost kind of made fun of himself. Like a little bit. It's like with like a night and day. Yeah. 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 Night and day. Um, there's scenes in rogue nation, mission impossible rogue nation Mm -hmm. where he kind of like, you know, yucks up. He's got a really good knack for physical comedy. Um, and that kind of all started around, I'm assuming Tropic Thunder. I've not seen it. Um, but, uh, he has a real knack for physical comedy. Um, but it didn't really translate in this movie, which right. is really bizarre. Cause he's not bad at it. It's just for whatever reason, it didn't work for yeah, this. It didn't fit. Well, I feel like this movie relied more on, verbal humor it yeah tried a lot there was a bunch of sex jokes in the first like 20 <laughs> minutes like, yeah well because it's like it none of them landed yeah and it was always it was always about i had sex for a long time and yeah it's like cool tom cruise like neat. cool are you trying to prove something <laughs> right and then the woman's like no you didn't it's yeah like, why this doesn't matter yeah it's but, really bizarre how they set that relationship up too um because She's clearly a lot younger than him, which right. I feel like is every Tom Cruise movie. So that's not surprising. <laughs> um, but they set up their whole relationship in the first scene where the girl comes in as like that. It meant nothing to either of them. Mm-hmm. And then somehow you're supposed to believe that they care about each other like halfway through the movie. Right. And I'm like, 
I don't buy this. Like, that's the other thing that made this movie, like, not great, is that the characterization is terrible. There is nothing about any of the characters that really makes them stand out at mm-hmm. all. Except for Jake Johnson. Right. Who is, like, if that's what you wanted, like, he was perfectly cast in that role. He's just kind of, like, the lovable, goofy, yeah. like, not he's really... Himself. Yeah, he's not really there for adventure, but somehow he's thrown into, like, you mm-hmm. know, whatever, and... um all this stuff. He's the only one that had a real personality. Nobody else in the movie has like a personality. Right. And then you don't, there's nothing, there are no, um, like inciting points in the plot that make these characters like there is, but for some reason it doesn't translate. Like he gives him, he sacrifices himself. Uh, Tom Cruise's character, Nick, ugh, <laughs> um, sacrifices himself for Jenny. And was oh, that her name? Her name is Jenny. Oh, I know. I actually made a Forrest Gump joke in my notes because he <gasps> says, Jenny, run. And I was like, we call that a reverse Forrest Gump. <laughs> okay, I literally in my notes, I called her discount Emily Blunt. And it's <laughs> pretty accurate. Honestly, every time I was like, I feel like they just wanted Emily Blunt, but couldn't afford Emily. Blunt. Yeah. They're like, well, she already did Edge of Tomorrow, so we can't have her back for for the mummy. She was too busy probably filming Mary yeah. Poppins at this well, point. Well, side note, Edge of Tomorrow, great film. Uh, so great. Um, um, yeah, they could have just turned it into Mummy Poppins and then just <laughs> bashed them together. <laughs> the, you know, like, the mummy <laughs> comes down from the top of the ceiling and it's just Emily Blunt. Yeah, <laughs> with an umbrella. Um, so we'll get into the plot. I feel like we're diving into the plot, which is fine. But the budget for this was $125 million estimated. Mm-hmm. Um, it only made $80 million in the U.S. So it didn't recoup its budget. But it made $400 million worldwide. What country was going to see this movie? Who can say? I, I'm going to put my money on it and say it was China. Probably. They're always the ones to blame for the for the inflation of the box <laughs> no, office. I don't want to say blame. I know. But We're blaming China for everything these days. So, um, <laughs> What's well, interesting, because like, uh, the tentpole movies that typically don't review very well, do very well in China. For example, Transformers is always like a massive hit in China, but they like only the first one was really anything of any merit. And then maybe Bumblebee. I haven't seen Bumblebee. I haven't either. But so it, it made it back its budget, obviously through worldwide sales, which is kind of interesting to me that they didn't, didn't then choose to go forward with the Dooku. Oh, the Dooku. Because it didn't flop worldwide and it's made more than half of its budget back in the US mm-hmm. and so i mean 80 million's like nothing to sneeze at i mean it's still a lot of money right um and so i'm like it is kind of i know it was like really critically like was, but you could you could bounce back. You can. But so keep in mind that this was actually their second attempt at launching the Dooku. So what was the first one? The first attempt was Dracula Untold in 2014. Who was in that? That's a good question for another time. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't remember off the top of my head. But Dracula, I don't even remember this movie. Um, and I can I can look it up here in a second whenever <laughs> I don't remember where I put my, here it is um, <laughs> trying trying to do podcasts and also figure out things at the same time is hard it's really hard um, but so Dracula Retold was their first attempt at launching the Dooku and that movie was also incredibly uh, panned yeah um, it was called actually kind of racist and misogynistic Ew. it was really not the movie they thought it would be yeah it only had a 24% on Rotten Tomatoes starred Luke Evans um, Dominic Luke Cooper Evans. was in it. Yeah. I like him. He was uh, Dracula. Oh, interesting. And he was uh, untold. <laughs> <laughs> Clear And still to this day. Um, yeah. Interesting. So then this was actually their second attempt. And so not only had they cast Tom Cruise and um, Russell Crowe as those two iconic characters, they actually had cast two other actors in the Dooku. Um, so Johnny Depp 
was cast as the Invisible Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then Javier Bardem was cast as Frankenstein's monster. Oh, yeah. I actually had written that down. That's so interesting. So they had already started. Oh, yeah, because there's that group picture of them Mm -hmm. from like, is it Comic-Con or like it's somewhere, right? It's Comic-Con. Yeah, where they like did like a panel or something. And so they, wow, that's a big. Okay, but so this is interesting. So the new Invisible Man that just came out. Yes. Is it considered? So it it originally was. So the, the script was written for it, and then they realized that the Dooku was doomkooed. <laughs> I, <was laughs> I tried. You can't. You can't knock me for trying. <laughs> but that's hilarious. They realized it was wasn't gonna work, and yeah. so they think they rewrote the script, and then they came out with a much better product for it. Oh, it's phenomenal! Yeah, the Invisible Man is great. It's so good. Um, so they should launch the Dooku with that. Oh yeah, they but, should relaunch and just forget about these other two that they that they came. But that have been their third relaunch, and I feel it's like true. But most people won't know that, Brian. Yeah, well, yeah, but here's the thing: how many times do you beat a dead horse? And you're like, it's dead, Jim. I know, I get on. it, but it's so. But it is an interesting universe, and mm-hmm. I feel like in the right hands. Oh, it, they could do something with it, but with the pieces they've given us, I in the middle of the movie, I had a thought where I was like, who are the good guys here? Because yeah, it's confusing. Because Tom Cruise, like uh, the uh, Aminette, I think it is. I just called her Egyptian princess lady. Yes, because her. I, I couldn't understand what they were saying as far as her name was. EPL. Yeah, good old EPL, Egyptian princess lady. <laughs> but she's like, they're gonna kill you. And Tom Cruise is like, well, I don't want to die. And then he openly Russell Crowe in the next scene is like, we have to kill you. And so it's yeah, like to save it, the world. Yeah, and it's like okay, so is Russell Crowe the bad guy, and yeah. is the mummy the good guy? I guess the mummy's still the bad guy. Are we all just bad guys? Yeah, like, what's in our going heart on? of hearts, Brian. Yes, we are. I like to feel like I've got a sliver <laughs> of good inside me, but it's just it had a it had that weird moment where I was like, if you're trying to launch something out of this, like I don't feel anything for this organization, the the frigid uh, frigidum. I wrote it down. Is that what it was called? Yeah. I didn't even remember they were them called saying that. Brigidum. Brigidum. <laughs> and like they collect monster artifacts. They uh, their business being evil is what oh, I wrote because yeah. I ch- I chuckled he... madly. I know. Didn't Russell Crowe say that? Yeah. Our business is evil. Well, so Tom Cruise goes business being goes evil, and I was like, oh, nice. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, Russell there's Crowley. a lot of really, 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 really terrible lines in this movie where oh. you're just like, who thought that was a good idea? Oh, um, man, uh, just a, a whole, they had the scene after the visions before they go to the plane crash where uh, Tom Cruise is like, it's the chick in the box. And they do like archaeological <laughs> Mad Lib where he says something and she says the actual phrase. She's like hieroglyphics. And he's like, I don't give a crap about your archaeological jargon. <laughs> oh, my. Well, and there's, there's just so many things that just don't work together in this film. Yeah. And what's, which stinks because this could have spawned something really cool. It really could have. Like, I think there was moments in the movie where I was like, this could have been a cool franchise and they really botched it. Right. It's, it's, and I, not to bring up one of my guilty pleasure franchises, but like, think about the Godzilla franchise. I knew you were going to bring up Godzilla. But no, because here's the thing. Here's the thing. So (laughs) there's a reason I'm bringing him up. Brian's like, speaking of monsters. (laughs) No, but here's the thing. So, in that world, like there is a there is a, an organization called Monarch that fights big monsters, and so while it is the Godzilla franchise, it's all about humans fighting monsters. There happens to just be a monster on their side. So if you're trying to establish that in the Dooku, you need to have a solid organization, and then like your one good monster that you can push forward with. I guess that's what they were trying to do with the Mummy. Well, because I kept thinking, I kept thinking like 
well, Tom Cruise is going to die in this movie. Right. And then if you were building a universe, you just like don't have Tom Cruise anymore. Right. But spoiler alert, we called it in the beginning. Yeah, we did. He turns in to the mummy. Yep. He turns into the mummy. At the end. And it's like, okay, so now he's a monster. So then, but it's true. Okay. So it's really interesting to me. This is something that I find really interesting too. Um, I always think villains are more fascinating than heroes. Mm-hmm. So like even like Disney villains, like I'm like, Ooh, I just like the, right. I just like the whole idea of the villains because their backstories are always so much better. Right. Yeah. There's tragedy there. Oh, there's so much like to mine, like story to mine from. And, uh, so then you look at this and you're like, it's the monster universe. Like it's all the monsters and how they came to be. Right. So you, you sit there and you're like, well, this is, this could be really interesting. And they did make it interesting. Yeah. It could have been so much better. And maybe they were headed in that direction, but it's like, yeah, you basically don't have good guys. Like, who are the good guys? Because right. these are all bad guys. Right. It's like, who do we root for when the monster comes to attack? Because I don't want to root for Russell Crowe. Like, clearly he's a he's monster a, yeah, in himself. Exactly. And but so, he's like a good guy and a bad guy. That's what's that's what's weird about his character. Right. But I think, that, honestly, that would have been a better movie to launch the universe with because because he's such a you know opposing force against himself yeah absolutely and it, it kind of gives you the duality of man you can just set up prigidum or whatever yeah and then, whatever the crap they're calling yeah, it yeah you set your baseline with jekyll and hyde and then you can jump into like the mummy yeah and be like oh here's frankenstein's monster we know yeah, where because he is. it's almost like he walked into this universe that was already happening that we didn't know about with this whole organization that you were talking about and it would have been interesting to see that first right like and so and I think the whole he's Jekyll and Hyde are it's honestly the most interesting character in the movie because absolutely and they kind of just launch into like he has to shoot this thing into his arm to turn him back into Dr. Jekyll but like they never explain it mm-hmm. and it's just like that would have been cooler if you would have just started with that one yeah. and then launched and, and this is him trying to like find all these artifacts and in the midst of him finding these artifacts these monsters are revealed absolutely yeah I'm right. I'm Brian, right there with you. We should have been in charge of this universe. Well, because here's the thing. Even I, at the beginning, I was like, okay, why are we revealing all the backstory to the mummy now? Why don't we do that in the middle of the movie so I we have literally, mystery? I'm not joking. I wrote down, I don't like when movies start by explaining the whole villain's backstory at the beginning. Dooku, call us. <laughs> I know, and it says also. I said also, why is Russell Crowe narrating this part? Which now it makes sense, right? But if it would have been his movie. It would have made a lot more sense. Correct. I know. And I, it's such crappy storytelling to be like, let's set up the whole thing about the mummy right here at the beginning. And then like, it's like, no, let them discover that as they, as it goes along. Yeah. It was really bad. Yeah. Like let the audience be a part of that mystery. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like they set everything up in the first 10 minutes and you're like, okay, so we all know where this is going. Right. I was, I was honestly bored when they found the tomb. I was like, yep, that's the mummy. There's the sarcophagus. And I know that there's a mummy in there and here we go. Yeah. Cause they've already explained the whole story. Right. It's like, I, there's no mystery. I don't care. Like I've already known what happened to the mummy yeah so it's not like oh how did she get in the sarcophagus i just saw it like five minutes ago yeah narrated exactly. by russell crowe <laughs> it's true oh good narrator is russell crowe oh he was great when like honestly he was the best part of the film yeah and it's awful that he's relegated to like a kind of a bit in the middle yeah like, an action scene just for the sake of an action scene yeah but just <sighs> well and then and there's this whole we'll go through the plot yeah. uh, here briefly so the drink for this episode i'm calling under wraps. <laughs> um, it is white chocolate liqueur, vanilla cream soda with a dash of whipped cream vodka. 
Um, and I'll put the recipe obviously in the episode description. Did you like the drink, Brian? I had two of them. I loved Brian it. Brian had two. I was feeling it after one, so I just switched to <laughs> just cream soda after the first drink. Um, like, so, so that we could record this podcast. <laughs> Literally in the middle, I was like, "Can I have some more? Can I please have some more?" <laughs> I was delicious. Um, uh, that was okay. So speaking of, I know the accent thing, but the the mummy. The, who's a female in this movie. Right. Um, which is actually not the first time that that's happened. Mm-hmm. Um, she speaks the ancient Egyptian language. Yes. But then inexplicably just speaks English <laughs> for <laughs> no reason. I'm like, she's been in a sarcophagus <laughs> for thousands of years. And then she comes out and she's like, hey guys, what's up? I speak English. And I'm like, I wouldn't have thought that if she didn't speak egyptian literally the whole movie till the end absolutely i wrote it's i wrote just she decided to speak english neat yeah like i'm like what yeah it was very weird okay so give give us a brief rundown of the plot and then we'll we'll kind of um go through our notes here okay we've talked about a lot but Ooh we so um so so and i won't go through like step by step i wrote a lot in this little notebook just to kind of keep my memory um, but it starts in ancient. An- well, I say hold on. First, we have to talk about the Dooku logo at the oh, beginning. What could have been? I know. So he was like, just, just, just look at the logo. Look at the logo. Dooku. Because I was writing my notes, and he's like, look up, look up, look up. The Universal <laughs> logo comes across the earth, and then it like goes around to the other side, and, and it just the dark says, side. it just says Dark Universe. <laughs> That's all it says. And you're like, wow, they really didn't think that one through. No. <sighs> What well, we we will talk more about the Dooku because I have a lot written about the Dooku. It's um, true. Brian did all the hard research on that subject. Yeah, we haven't even talked about the other Dooku movies that were to come. Oh my um, gosh, so many. But uh, so the movie starts literally in England in like 1157. It shows you one of the Crusaders being buried with a red gem. And then it does my favorite thing that movies do, where it doesn't tell you it's time jumping, so immediately you're in the present. Oh, it had it on the bottom. You were writing notes. Yeah, you were writing notes. It said England, present day. Because Fast and Furious did that to me, too. And I was like, (laughs) oh, look, they have cars back then. What the heck? Um, But so essentially, uh, as the plot starts, uh, we're introduced to Nick and then Nick's friend, who has a name that I can't quite remember. It's Jake Johnson. Vale? Vale? Bill? I don't know. It was one of the two. <laughs> We're just going to say Nick and Jake Johnson. <laughs> yeah, Nick and Jake Johnson. Um, so they uh, they describe themselves as, and I wrote it down because I thought it was pretty pretty funny. Um, they are not looters. They're liberators of precious antiquities. And so uh, they are both army uh, soldiers who basically go around and they're looking for what seems to be kind of like artifacts or treasures. Um, they decide to go down and uh because they're on a reconnaissance mission it see this gets a little convoluted i apologize they're on a reconnaissance well, no, don't apologize because they made it convoluted <laughs> i know so it's not you it's them but i keep being like hold on audience there's more details hold on hold on hold on yeah um because i wrote i'm looking through my notes and the first thing i see is birds flapping and i'm like okay not not what i need right now <laughs> that's not, nope 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 that's not um so they decide to try and slip in and out of an area that has which I call them infidels. They don't really make it very clear. They get into a massive firefight, and Jake Johnson calls in a an airstrike. Uh, when the airstrike comes in, it actually reveals an ancient Egyptian tomb, which they find strange because it's like a thousand miles away from Egypt in the middle of Iraq. Yeah, and so uh, that's when Discount Emily Blunt comes in Discount to, Emily Blunt. to give you some exposition, uh, kind of set up some more stuff about some characters. Um, 
Oh, what's the uh, the the general? Courtney B. Vance. Courtney B. Vance. Dude, he's the best character in the whole movie. Right, and it's a shame he's in just, it for like ten minutes. I know, just because it's Courtney B. Vance, and you're like, he is just a good actor. I, I just want, love that guy. I wanted him the whole movie. I know he um, dies again. They're your favorites. They just die right away. So uh, they end up going down into the uh, tomb. Yes. And they explore it a little bit. It's Tom Cruise, Jake Johnson, and Discount Emily Blunt. Wow, what a crew! Um, <laughs> <laughs> what a crew! So they end up finding. Uh, Amonet, the mummy's sarcophagus. And that's when Discount Emily Blunt says, this is no tomb, it's a prison. And then immediately they have to go. But then they're attacked by spiders and the sarcophagus comes up. Oh, no. Oh, no. Um, Jake Johns gets bitten by a spider. Um, which ails him. We'll get to that in a second. He tries to shoot all the spiders, which is the dumbest thing ever. Cause there's literally a thousand of them. And I'm like, how are you, how, what was going through your head? Yeah. He, well, I guess in times of crisis, you do silly things, I guess, but I don't know if shooting the hundreds of spiders that are coming at you. I feel like there's better ways to do it. Maybe. Yeah. And it didn't help cause one bit him. So <laughs> yeah, immediately. And then, yeah. um, uh, this movie is a beautiful masterclass in how not to do foreshadowing oh, because gosh, immediately yeah. after being bit, um, Nick, Tom Cruise's character, yells, hey, it's not poisonous, don't worry. Well, guess what? It's a cursed bite, so it is poisonous. Well, define poison, Brian. Well, is it's, curse um, really poison? It's poison for the soul. Poison for the soul. <laughs> um, so they end up taking the sarcophagus out of the pit. Um, a bunch of birds fly with the sarcophagus. To he fell it in the pit. <laughs> <laughs> they all fell in the pit. <laughs> <laughs> Our newest park for Pawnee That's is this right. Egyptian pit. That's right. With a sarcophagus and a giant tomb and lots of spiders. <laughs> Those are from Eagleton. Yes. Oh, yeah. The Eagleton spiders. Exactly. Oh, my gosh. Um, they take the sarcophagus to a plane. They load it up. And then uh, all of them, including the general, get onto the plane and fly away. Um, they notice the uh, flock of birds is following the plane. There's a massive sandstorm that comes out of nowhere. But everyone's like... This seems pretty normal for an Iraqi Monday, so I guess <laughs> yeah. we'll just keep going. It's part of the course. Um, while Tom Cruise interacts with the sarcophagus, he gets some visions of Egyptian Princess Lady, our yes, EPL. our EPL. <laughs> um, and she says to him that, um, that he is her chosen. She says, my chosen. To which I wrote, soul bonded question mark? Definite connection. <laughs> <laughs> soul bonded question mark. Um, so um, I wrote ominous birds are ominous. You know, like there's a lot of bad signs. Um, I literally, I think I wrote during this. I was like, this is like birds meets Indiana Jones. I had the same thought. <laughs> I was like, what is this, a Hitchcock movie? Oh my gosh. Yeah, because it's like you can clearly tell something is up. Yeah. And it's like, what's new? This giant box with the dead lady? Yeah. Hmm, maybe we leave this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I said. I said literally like. Um, have we not learned that unearthing ancient sarcophaguses is never a good idea? I'm like, have they never watched any other movies? Well, they clearly haven't seen the first three mummies. <laughs> I know, right? And I was like, probably the cause of COVID-19, to be honest. Let's just... <laughs> they opened up a yeah. box in China. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, well. Well, crap. <laughs> now there's... We've opened up Corona's box, and now we're... Here we That's are. That's good. I know, right? That needs to be a skit. <laughs> Um, Brian, they, that'll be our first TikTok. They're clearly trying to show that there is some kind of romantic tension between the two of these characters where apparently Tom Cruise has feelings but doesn't know how to say it. And then Between dis- Discount Emily Blunt and Nick, who is not Jake Johnson, Nick. Right. Yeah. It's yeah. It's, it's just, it's a whole mess. Oh, I don't believe Tom Cruise is a Nick, by the way. I wrote that in my notes. I'm just going to keep saying Tom Cruise. Yeah, because he's <laughs> not, I'm like, you're not a Nick. Yeah, not at you're all. You're just not. There's just nothing about you that goes like, yeah, it's a Nick. If they were like, hey, his name is Brad, I'd be like, I can handle that. Yeah. It's like, I don't know why, but anyways, continue. Um, so, um, what happens is that Jake Johnson's character is possessed by the mummy and begins to, 
use his knife to cut away the bonds that the sarcophagus is tied to the plane with. Um, then our oh, I missed that part. I didn't know that that's what he was doing. Oh, really? Yeah. And oh. I was like, oh, yeah. I thought he was just poking it with it. And I was no, like, that's he had weird. a knife and he was cutting it. And then our favorite character, our Courtney B. Vance, Courtney B. Vance comes up and goes, "What are you doing, son?" To which uh, Jake Johnson says nothing and then stabs him in the chest twice. Yeah, it's like, and not even like with force. It's weird. It's yeah. like, because he's, you know, whatever. Yeah, he's possessed. possessed. Yeah. But uh, it's it's shocking because it's like it comes out of left field. It's it's a pretty solid moment if you wanted to get your audience being like, whoa, yeah, something's what the not heck? right yeah. here. Um, and so what, they, what ends up happening is Tom Cruise's character shoots Jake Johnson three times. Uh, which that is reiterated later in the film by Jake Johnson. We'll get to that when we get to that. Um, the this, third one is pointless and kind of funny. It's, it's hysterical. <laughs> yeah, um, like, I will say though, for a soldier, the way he handed the gun off when he was like holding it yeah. up, like barely, like yeah. I don't want to touch this gun yeah. anymore. Yeah. Like, it's like you're a soldier. Like yeah. you know how to handle it. Just hand it to him. Yeah. Yeah. So um, this is when we get to our favorite scene, the trailer scene. Yes. Um, this is when the birds. Ah! <laughs> 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 Um, I could, I'm not doing the, the scream again. So the bird, <laughs> the, the birds slam into the plane. Um, the pilots die. The, the plane goes into a nosedive over England and, um, the plane crashes. And, uh, when the plane crashes, every, uh, not, a couple of people survive, like maybe one or two. Uh, well, don't just skip over the plane crash. Well, so what? it takes a nosedive towards straight towards you, you the You described the plane crash because for me, that's a footnote because I'm trying to give an overarching point. I know, but this is like, to me, was the coolest scene in the movie. It is. Because it's like, it, it is nosediving, plummeting straight to the earth. And so they filmed an anti-gravity scene inside the the belly of this plane. Yeah. And it's them just like rolling around in this plane trying to get parachutes to get out. But it's like real. Yeah. And it looks good. It looks, it's very well done. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, why the crap was nobody talking about that? Yeah. I feel like they make such a big deal out of like certain stunts that he does for the Mission Impossible movies. Mm -hmm. And then I'm like, I don't ever remember hearing it. Maybe there was, I just don't remember it. Well, I'm wondering. So if you, if you think about kind of like the context of that scene and how they did it, it feels similar to the hallway fight in Inception when they were yes. bouncing up the walls. So I feel like maybe there was that idea of like, oh, we've kind of seen this before. Yeah. So maybe it's not, not plummeting to earth, Brian. Yeah. But here's the thing. If you think of how they filmed that, they didn't obviously have a hole in the back of the plane when they right. were filming it. Yeah. But it's like, but I said, um, the anti-gravity scene just gave us a preview of the space movie. We'll see Ooh. with Tom Cruise. You know what would be really funny is we see a couple people just floating out in space in the movie. Like, oh, look, there they are. Yeah. It's the mummy. It's the mummy. Wow, how'd she get out here? <laughs> um, but I, I, I wrote, I wonder how much of that was real and why wasn't this talked about more? Mm-hmm. Um, because there's a scene, there's stuff in Fallout, which I feel like I'm going to talk about that movie. Oh, it's like, like all the, the time. But it's like, great. When he jumps out of when he does the halo sequence and he mm-hmm. jumps out of the plane and then it flips to the cameras like him plummeting towards the earth. It's very clear that there's CG. Right. To, cause, obviously, because you can't do that. It's like, you know, whatever. Like logistically, it's not possible. But um, right. so for that scene, it felt very real until a certain point. There was actually a shot, which I thought was very impressive, um, where it was clear that the camera was mounted in kind of like the doorway of the plane mm-hmm. and it was split in half and Tom Cruise was like against the plane mm-hmm. and then you could see the outside yeah, like the- coming closer to the and it's clear that there was a moment where that switched to CG. Absolutely. You could tell. Absolutely. But I'm like 
but was the stuff before that real? Yeah. Like maybe they took a plane up in the sky and like did some like. I mean, maybe the first dives. wouldn't be the first time, but right. that's actually how they filmed it. They did really. They that is what they did. So that's why I'm like that scene is so impressive, and especially for Annabelle Wallace who mm-hmm. plays Jenny. Jenny. <laughs> Jenny. Um, she's or I'm sorry, discount Emily Blunt. Um, <laughs> Deb. Um, she did all of that. Every single part of it? That yeah. wasn't a stunt double? No, I think that that's like... Good for her. I know. And it's, so it's a really... Like, in the middle of a movie that's a hot mess, it is a really cool scene. Absolutely. Yeah. And I I wouldn't say it's worth the price of admission to see the scene. No, no, no. Yeah. Just find it on YouTube somewhere. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it, it'll probably be the most watched video from the whole thing. Heck, you'll probably even find the version with all the bad sound effects. Ah! <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and so then the plane crashes and he doesn't get out of the plane. Right. So he gives the parachute to Jenny, discount Emily Blunt, and um, she and he pulls the ripcord and she goes flying out of the plane. And right. then he crashes with the plane. Yeah. Of course, you know he's not dead because... It's Tom Cruise. It's 30 minutes into the movie. Yeah. Obviously, he's not dead. But he wakes up in a body bag inside this... It, fully naked. Yeah. I was like, he, I was like, oh, Tom Cruise without a shirt on. Tasteful nudity. I know. I was like, Tom Cruise without a shirt on and nothing else on either. <laughs> I was like, the second they cut to that scene, I was actually in the middle of writing body bag, Tom Cruise jump scare in three, two, one. And as I wrote three, he popped up and I was like, ah! Because <laughs> that's in the trailer, isn't, isn't oh, it? Oh, I... I don't remember honestly. I feel like it because I remembered seeing that, and I've obviously haven't seen the movie, so it was in something. Yeah, probably the trailer then. Yeah, but I mean, like, it's an obvious setup. Like, oh, he's not dead. He'll pop yeah. up. Yeah, exactly. Um, Keep wh- going. Sorry, I interrupted your storytelling. Oh, no, you're good. Yeah, uh, and that's when we get Jake Johnson again, being like, "Hey, man, we're cursed." Like, it's weird because Jake Johnson is like the arbiter of like the curse and the bad things. He gives Tom Cruise just enough information. To be like, what's going on with me? And then just disappears every time. He's like um, in Brave, the will of the wisp. Like he like leads him on to the next step. Like, yeah. And it's really bizarre and kind of like comedic, but isn't supposed to be, but is. I don't know. It's very bizarre. Right. It's. I feel like though. I just wrote the ghost of Jake Johnson. That was like, that's all I put <laughs> at the top of that page. Because uh, he just keeps popping up randomly throughout the movie. Yeah, no, it's true. But I feel like because of their relationship, he wouldn't, sp- it's not that he's speaking in riddles, yeah. but I feel like he would be more clear with what he's trying to communicate. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, hey, dude, I'm dead. What's up with that? Yeah. If he had just said that, I would have been like, this seems pretty normal for how this character would act. Right, right, right. Yeah. But the whole time he's like, man, you got a curse, and we're both cursed. This is the worst. Yeah. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, man, this is bad. He's like rapping a little bit. I know, because he meets, so after they discover Tom Cruise, he gets out and he's having drinks with jenny at right. a bar and so and jake johnson just appears behind the bar yeah the ghost of jake he's like johnson. hey man come over here and so and then they go into the bathroom which is funny because he ends up tom cruise ends up walking into the women's restroom oh man that, jo- that joke hit really it well was, that was pretty good yeah. that scene was actually pretty good um he's like dude you walked into the women's restroom and he's like what like tom cruise is like so confused he's like what the heck is going on but right before there's a conversation that he and jenny are having at the bar and she goes i think we've angered the gods yeah <laughs> And I was like, I'm like, okay, you just summarized the whole movie. Yep. Like that is the plot of every mummy movie that's ever existed. Any sort of ancient anything movie. I think we've angered the gods. Absolutely. You think? Yeah. Maybe we did something that somebody up above didn't like. Yeah. Boom. And I and I wrote that like the movie that I think the most, while it was a great scene, mm-hmm. the bathroom scene where he's right. talking to Jake Johnson, he, it's a great scene. It doesn't fit the movie. Not and I said, at all. It's the it's the biggest um, example of 
how it suffers from severe tonal inconsistencies. Absolutely. It's like they saw Avengers, the first Avengers, yeah. and they were like, wow, Marvel can be serious and funny. I bet we can do that too. Yeah. And it did not work. Yeah. It landed horribly. It was so bad. And like, yeah, I laughed at it, but I was like, this doesn't fit at all. Like, cause I think right before we get that scene, it shows like the plane crash and then the guy getting basically the kiss of death from the yeah. mummy. It's like, it's like you have this horror scene and then you have funny Jake Johnson like in a girl's bathroom with Tom Cruise. Yeah. It's like what are you what are you trying to make us feel right now? Yeah. Um, emotional whiplash? Yeah. I'm all over the place. Yeah. Yeah. Just a, a entire mess. So how do they get cuz the next thing is that they he oh, he goes out into the alleyway. Yeah. And Tom then Cruise and does. then he has a a vision about rats coming to like bite him and like basically he gets overrun with rats and then sees the mummy. But then all of a sudden he's there with discount Emily Blunt on a street corner. And she's like, what's going on? Yeah. What are you experiencing? And it's like, it's like, what are, it's a, it's that weird line between what is a vision and what is reality. Yeah. And while earlier in the film, it did a good job of like denoting like what is vision, what is reality. I think they were trying to make you start questioning like what he's seeing. Yeah. But that's the only time they really do that in the entire yeah. film. And then they have the whole scene about where he's saying, the chick in the box and all that stuff and she's like <laughs> the archaeological mad lib yeah archaeological mad lib scene insert here and so but he's he doesn't quite understand yet that the mummy has infiltrated him basically right. and so she's basically like maneuvering him mm -hmm. almost like a chess piece right because actually revealed before the scene is that she's a secret agent um that she's working for this uh Prigidum. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, because she gets on the phone call with Heckle... Uh, Heckle. Jekyll. <laughs> that's that's the, his celebrity matchup name. <laughs> Heckle. Or Jide. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Heckle's better. Yeah, I like Heckle a lot more. Yeah. But he uh, he gets on the phone with Discount Emily Blunt, and you can tell she's trying to figure out what's going on. Like, I think we found, like, the reason for all this happening. And Because the first time she said, I think we angered the old gods, I was like, there is not a single archaeological like an archaeologist in the world that would be taken seriously in their field they went we angered the old guys i know <laughs> <laughs> like that would they'd be like okay you've had a few too many yeah. under wraps yeah we need you to That's keep right. that under wraps yeah and go home yeah go home um, it's not real yeah so at that point i was like okay she's clearly like working for something bigger than this yeah um and so that uh we have the mad lib um she mentions i have a doctor in london that can help and i mean it's like that's Dr. Jekyll. I, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. I know where this movie's leading but me. But they, they go to the plane crash site. Right. And because he's, the mummy is calling Tom Cruise there. Yeah, he said he wanted to see the corpse. Oh, he's like, yeah, he's like, I'm, he's like, it's all in my head. I think if I just see the corpse in the box, like, I'll know that it's not real. Yeah. So they go to, like, find it. Yeah, and he gets grabbed by the ghoulies. Oh, the ghoulies. <laughs> Ooh, I like that. They're the people that the mummy has yeah. turned to yeah. her side. She, he gets, uh, Tom Cruise gets held down by the four ghoulies. Ghoulies. The ghouls. The ghouls. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the Amonet, Egyptian princess lady, is about to, <laughs> literally at the end of this podcast, everyone's going to be like, I don't think I understand the plot. Yeah. That's how we felt. Exactly. <laughs> um, she's about to stab Tom Cruise, but stops because she realizes that the gem she needs to finish the ritual to bring Set the Egyptian god of death into the world, the gem is not there. 
the gem. Yeah, it's supposed to be in the dagger. Yeah. Like in it, the in the handle of the dagger. Um, she doesn't know where the gem is, but she knows that she has the dagger. So she has half of the puzzle in order to bring the back. The best thing, though, is that she jumps up. So they're holding him down in this like platform or whatever. And she jumps up on top of him and then immediately shoves her entire hand into his mouth mm-hmm. and like moves his lips and his gums all around. Yep. And you're just like, is she checking out his teeth? Like, what is happening right now? I said, um, Tom Cruise is all of us in this scene, dot, dot, dot. Very <laughs> uncomfortable. I was like, I feel weird. Yeah, I put face to face with Aminette. Creepy. And then, um, well, but then she tries to stab him. And I thought for a second that, like, the curse protected Tom Cruise from her. Oh, yeah. Because uh, I was like, oh, wow. Yeah, because she, she stopped short. Yeah, and I was like, oh, wow, the curse saved him. Yeah. Like, she can't hurt him yet. And then I realized, like, oh, no, she just doesn't have her jewel. Yeah. And so. Oh, she, she can't finish the job. <laughs> oh, and then we have another tonal shift when we have discount Emily Blunt just staring at this whole thing she's happening. Like, standing there with her mouth open. Yeah, she's, like, she's like, Jenny, run! <laughs> and she's like. He's like, run! Oh, my. And, and then we have our second big, like, like action sequence of yeah. the movie where uh tom of course he's driving he's gotta be driving <laughs> something on. before he even drives he gets they uh discount emily blunt and tom cruise run different directions and then she looks back and goes oh wait a second he's going to the car he does not wait for her he gets in the car and just starts driving and she's like were you gonna leave me like is yeah. this how this goes yeah she's like hey wait a second <laughs> he's like listen i got places to go <laughs> I got I got mummies to see. That's right. I know. So um, that's when we have uh, a bit more exposition. I think the mummies inside my head, and oh, so yeah, it's a weird like. Yeah, they dump. And ex- it's very dark. You can't see anything that's going on. Yeah, there are a couple ghoulies. There's ghoulies coming in through windows left and right. Did one of them get bisected by a tree? Yes. Okay. I think. I mean, from what I could tell. Because I was like, okay, I think the lower half is no longer with this mummy. Yes. And then they throw out the other half, and then it's on top of the ambulance, and then. After that, uh, this kind of Emily Blunt says, I think she's in your head. And Tom Cruise goes, what? No. And then literally pulls up to where the mummy is. And he says, oh, no, she's in my head. <laughs> That's He's not paraphrasing. That is exactly how it happens. <laughs> it's, it's like, wow, Tom Cruise. That's yeah. an astute he, she, He's like, I drove right to her. She is in my head. That's like the literal line. Oh, gosh. Um, and so then he drives away again. They end up flipping their ambulance over on a hill. And uh, Egyptian princess lady appears and Tom Cruise says, you know what? I'm going to grab this big stick. I'm going to whack her with it. <laughs> what's, what's the Teddy Roosevelt? Walk softly and carry a big stick. <laughs> yes. That was Tom Cruise. It's, and then he got his ass handed to him. You know what? That actually might be the best scene yeah. because he's running up to be the big man. Dis- discount Emily Blunt's going, kick her ass. Go ahead. Beat her up. Like literally is cheering <laughs> him like a on. a tiny little cheerleader from the ambulance. And then he hits her with the stick and then he proceeds to get uppercut like like 30 feet into the air yeah. and it just lands with a thud. It yeah. is hysterical. It kind of is. Tom Cruise actually gets really beat up in this movie. Like he's not, he's not actually like the big bad action star. Mm-hmm. He rarely wins. No, he like, I don't think he wins a single. It <laughs> seems like all hope is gone for Tom Cruise and discount Emily Blunt. They're going to get mummified. Um, but then lo and behold, uh, we have agents in black suits come out and restrain the mummy. It's Will Smith and Tommy Lee Jones. I wish. <laughs> Wouldn't that be the best? Like, what? <laughs> like, the, the crossover that no one wanted, but everyone <laughs> accepted. Yes, exactly. Um, they the, the mummies in black, and then it becomes a whole franchise. Ooh. I'm just saying, guys. Good. 
Why are My we ideas not... are being just wasted in this podcast. Why are we not running the Dooku? I don't know, Brian. I think this will be our first appeal. We'll send this to Universal, this podcast. <laughs> It'll be like, as done. long as you never say Dooku again, you can have it. I'll be like, <laughs> then there's no deal. <laughs> no deal. I can't not say it. Um, so they restrain the mummy. And then another odd tonal moment where Tom Cruise looks up and goes, what's happening and immediately gets shot with a tranquilizer dart yeah where you're like what what yeah it's like why are we hurting tom cruise again because you're like who's the good guy like now you're like why are we restraining him right he didn't do anything wrong um which then that leads us and i'm sure i missed this is when we did drink number two because it leads us to london (laughs) (laughs) so when we paused for my bathroom break yeah and then i made brian a a second drink yes and i was like "Mm, yes this is going to help Mm, yes it's funny because my handwriting does get a little bit worse after (laughs) drink two So, um, so they go into the headquarters of basically what is shield for this world. And so like there are artifacts of other monsters in here. I saw the creature from the black lagoon's hand. Um, they had some skull that looked like it could have been like from some kind of primate or ape man. Well, it looks um, kind of like Dracula cause it had the pointy oh, too, teeth. Yeah. Is that what it was? It might've been Dracula. Yeah. Um, I don't know why his skull would be in there, but if we only we had more movies if only there were more movies to explain <laughs> um so they they bring him in and start explaining prigidum and how it's like this is an organization that uh it fights monsters and the entire first scene is done just with russell crowe and tom cruise and the whole time russell crowe is like rifling through his desk and getting ready to inject himself like there's no explanation for what he's doing no. you just know that he's like i'm dr jekyll and you're supposed to be like, oh, from subtext, I realize that Dr. Jekyll has an alter ego named Mr. Hyde. Right. Who's, who's yeah, not they're a, assuming a lot of things right. from the audience. Yeah. And so, like, he in, it starts to turn a, like, a little bit, but injects himself. Like, it's a decent way to show that, like, oh, I have to take care of myself. But, like, it seems like it's something he just has to do every other minute. God, it happens a lot. Yeah. Like, where I'm like, dude, figure out a higher dosage or something. Right? It lasts maybe longer than 10 minutes. Or, like, I don't know make a deal with mr hyde be like you can come out on poker nights but <laughs> but when i'm when i'm working you can't come out <laughs> don't come out during office hours um this is where we get one of our favorite lines where uh, tom cruise asks he's like business is good and tom cruise says business being and then uh good old russell crowe says evil yeah it's like wow okay Man, just that, hit us over the head with it and this is where we also come to one of our other favorite moments where um tom cruise begins to communicate with the mummy in ancient egyptian which at first i was like how does he know this because he's infected by the mummy well correct but i was like okay i'll hand the movie this he's has a curse so it makes sense then the mummy starts speaking english yeah and you're like okay now that doesn't make sense right you've gone one step too far i was like i had the first step i had you i was with you Mm." and i also am just like how can you chain up a mummy i don't really under i guess with the whole mercury thing they never really explained that they're injecting her with mercury so that i guess because the prison the sarcophagus was in a a pool of mercury right so that's kind of like it's like her kryptonite yeah essentially it's it's a uh it it kind of negates the otherworldly powers that it gives her. I gotcha. know they, there was a one-off line when they got in the tomb where uh, discount Emily Blunt said something we're supposed to take as fact. But yeah. at that point I was like, she's probably just theorizing. Now yeah. I think it might've been. Yeah. It feels like they left a lot of information out about how things work, but right. whatever, it's fine. Um, at that point, uh, after she speaks English, we get another couple visions. Uh, she kind of explains her plan a little bit more to, especially specifically to Tom Cruise. And she tries to sow the seeds of doubt. Like they're only going to kill you. They're going to use you and kill you. You should she's, join me. Yeah. I will kill you. Yeah. She says in the scene too, she's like, they're like up there. This is her, him and discount Emily Blunt. They're right. sitting in the room and she, she says, I care about you. <laughs> 
and, that like exact tone of yeah, voice. Yeah, like that's act, like that was me doing her in the movie. And I just wrote, it's such terrible writing because yes. if you have to say it, like you should know at this point if that's the case that they care about each other. Absolutely. But you don't get that at all. Well, and the kicker here too is they decide to start off that conversation talking about the parachute. She goes, I know you really care about me because you gave me the last parachute. And Tom Cruise in his infinite smoothness goes, I thought there was another parachute. <laughs> yeah, he literally like she was like trying to thank him for like putting himself putting her above himself and he's like, Oh no, I thought there was another parachute. Yeah. It's and like, you're like, Wow, dude. Right. Well, it's like, am I supposed to not like Tom Cruise's character? Am I supposed to feel like they're romantic? Like, it it added nothing but confusion. Yeah. And it didn't land any jokes. There was no plot progression. It was like, we need a scene with these two characters to pad out the film. So let's just... So that the decision at the end, which we'll get to, makes sense. But even then, it doesn't hold the weight that it should because you don't care about these characters at all. Absolutely. Um, so then this- he goes, he's talking to Russell Crowe. This is right. the next scene. Yeah. This is the weird scene. Ugh. When... Well, Funny enough, right after that parachute thing, I wrote, who are the good guys? Yeah. Uh, who are the good guys? We don't know. So this is when uh, Drink Gun comes up, when he yes. comes up with a drink and says, welcome to the new world of gods and monsters, yeah. and hands him a drink. I, um, bet, I bet they were going to use that in a trailer for the next oh, Dooku movie. Absolutely. They were like, guys, 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 I have a great idea. <laughs> like, we've we've got it. We've got little tidbits. We can grow off I this. Can, I can see it now. It's like, welcome to the new world of gods and monsters. <laughs> Next movie title screen, yeah. The Dark Universe. I would I would have liked that. I'll I be know. <laughs> if, if this movie would have been any good, absolutely. <laughs> what a shame. I know. What a um, shame. Oh, and in this scene, we uh, meet one of the other cast of characters who is really not a, that big of a right. character. But mm-hmm. I was like, we both looked at each other when he came on screen. I was like, what is he from? Yeah, he's so and familiar. And I was like, <gasps> it's Jafar yeah. from Aladdin. Yeah. And I was like, and not for nothing. I wrote a couple times in this movie. When they first walk into the cave at the very beginning, mm-hmm. Tom Cruise tries to steal a ruby red yes. jewel from the thing. And I was like, has he not seen Aladdin? Yeah, not at all. I know. I'm like, come on, man. And then I literally was like, speaking of Aladdin. And then I was like, <laughs> and the whole thing revolves around that ruby red jewel. I was like, this is like Aladdin meets Indiana Jones meets birds. And, and it's, it's all over the place. Yeah, and it's worse than all of them. It's worse than all of them. Because think about the tones of all three of those movies and tell me that they would go together. Right. They don't. Oh, gosh. I wrote... So, you're going to have to help me recap this scene, because I literally wrote, who wrote this scene? Oof. <laughs> yeah. So, basically, what happens, like, Tom Cruise... Russell Crowe's talking to Tom Cruise about, basically, like, dude, you're going to have to, like, sacrifice yourself, basically, for the good of humanity. Right. And he's like, mm, I'm not cool with that plan, so no. Um, and he's starts turning into Mr. Hyde, again, because it's been 10 minutes since right. the last time he did it. And... Tom Cruise takes the little apparatus thing that he uses to inject himself. And cause he's like, no, 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 we're going to talk about this. (laughs) Like he's like a, he's like a mom with kids. Like, no, no. And then Jafar's like, Oh no, we got to get out of here. I know. So they, so he and discount Emily Blunt make it out of the room. Right. But Tom Cruise is in there with Russell Crowe turning into Mr. Hyde. Mm -hmm. Now, Again, easily the best character of the movie. Right. And this whole scene was beyond the weirdness of what happened is really good acting by Russell Crowe. So he changes from a British accent to a Cockney accent. Mm -hmm. So you can tell the difference between Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. And he really, really does a good job. But it's basically them just fighting. Yeah. And it it has no merit to the plot. It's like, I don't think like because Tom Cruise can't die. 
Right. It, like to this point, like they basically said the only way he's going to die is if he goes through the ritual. Yeah. And so you have Hyde like putting him in chokeholds and throwing him around the room. But I never felt like there was a sense of like, oh, Hyde is going to win this. Right. Or that like neither of them is going to win because you can't kill him off either. Especially right. if you're like looking to build this whole universe. Like you wouldn't introduce Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde only to kill him off 30 minutes into it. Yeah. Like what's the point? Exactly. So uh, it there's not a whole lot. Basically, like he ends up giving him the injector back because mm-hmm. he's like, "Holy crap! I should have never should have taken that away." He injects himself. He comes back to himself, and then how does the scene resolve? I can't remember. Well, actually, so he doesn't give the injector back. So Hyde is basically like wiping the floor with Tom oh, Cruise. He- yeah, and so Tom Cruise picks it up and just stabs him in the chest with it, and then Jekyll comes back and goes, "Thank you, thank you very much. Oh, thank you." And then Tom Cruise proceeds to throw him over a table into a bookshelf. Yeah, uh, and that's how that scene ends for Tom Cruise. Um, discount Emily Blunt for some reason wants to get back into the room. So she's fighting with Jafar in the next room <laughs> over and like they're tussling yes. and she only wins. Cause she picks up some random like stone object and just hits him in the head with it. Yeah. And that is the last we see of Jafar yes. in the entire film until two years later when Aladdin <laughs> would come out. Um, um, and then, but then not only that, while all that's going on, the mummy somehow, uh, has like a spider in the room that she's controlling. Oh yeah, she's controlling all of her little minions, yeah. which are tiny little spiders, I and guess. And so the spider crawls up into the ear of one of the people in the room, which we both like shivered. I know. Like, yeah. Um, yeah, but the mummy, and so she's basically like this guy is controlling the mercury that's going into her. Right. And so he kind of releases the mercury. So now she has her powers back. Right. So and she breaks free from the chains. Yeah. She, uh, the guy, the guy, uh, releases the mercury. He takes an ax and hits the electrical panel. I don't yeah. know what that did to save the mummy. Uh, cause she's a mummy. So she's got all these powers. I don't, she probably yeah, could have so, figured it out. So I guess she was just cutting loose ends at that point. Yeah. Who knows? But then she does what, and I don't know how to describe the movement she did, but I wrote mummy acrobatics. It's real weird. And yeah. Like- it's like stuff you would see in the Olympics where she basically like twists her whole body and like goes up through the loop up top to like release the chains. Yeah. And then a guy runs up to her to be like, I'll stop her. And then she just immediately like kiss of death sim. Yeah. Like, like, Oh wow. And Good now, plan there, bucko. Now he's a ghoulie. <laughs> he, he got grabbed by that ghoulie. <laughs> he got, and now he's ghoulied. Um, before she does her acrobatics, Tom Cruise and discount Emily Blunt escape the facility. I put Tom Cruise is running. Yeah. He'll he runs at real fast. At some point in every movie he's running. Um, this is when she, uh, the mummy, uh, summons the sand of Egypt. The sands of time yeah. <laughs> to take over the city of London. Which I, I, I will admit really clever way of getting sand because it's like, what is glass made of sand? Yeah. And so I was like, Oh, that's actually kind of a neat way to like tie this in. Yeah. I was like, good for you, Dooku. <laughs> good for you. You made one good choice. Um, so Tom Cruise and discount Emily Blunt are just running through the streets of London. There's a sandstorm coming through. Apparently Egyptian princess lady just got out on the street. She got there very fast. She's a mummy. What can you say? I know, but I feel like the I feel like I would have liked to see a scene of her like breaking through a window or yeah, something. Yeah, you just can assume. Yeah. There was a, the best part of this though was that their uh, discount Emily Blunt and Tom Cruise are running through the streets of London, yes. and, a, and a double decker bus on its side is like sliding right towards them, and so he shoves discount Emily Blunt out of the way, and then jumps into a shape. Yep. <laughs> and fits right into the windshield of this d- double-decker bus. And I said, he jumps into the bus like that game show where you have to make your body yes. fit a certain shape so you won't get knocked over. <laughs> <laughs> and then he's just like 
flailing about in the bus, like all over the seats and stuff. And then, who's and then he's fine. In, yeah, but then who's in that bus with him? Who is in the bus? It's Jake Johnson. Oh, yeah. yeah. The ghost of Jake Johnson comes back. He goes, sup, buddy? Sup, buddy? It's like, hmm, maybe we could use a little bit more plot detail here, Jake Johnson. Can you help us out? Yeah. <laughs> Please, lead us. <laughs> yeah. We need a joke and some exposition. Yeah. And he's like, I got you. I got you. That's what I'm here for. Um. So, uh, oh, goodness gracious. This is where it gets really convoluted. There's like a tunnel... And the mummy walks into it, and all the lights go out, and all I could think of was she was walking through the tunnel. I'm excited for this. When she's walking through the tunnel and the lights go out, I was like, the party don't stop till <laughs> I walk in. That's all I could think. Well, I, I just love how all four of them are sitting there with guns, and they're like, this is totally going to work. Like, oh, yeah. like the We're going to stop this mummy. Yeah here and now oh that's what that's how what happens she she knows where the jewel is oh yes discount emily blunt knows where the jewel is so they're all trying to get to the jewel mm-hmm. because they got to put it in the dagger so that she can stab tom cruise and complete the ritual yeah and then the mummy knows where the jewel is because she had a vision of where the jewel is yeah because she's a mummy yeah because mummies have visions like there's <laughs> no yeah that's it's you know whatever it is so they they she's walking down the tunnel because at the end of this tunnel it's where the crusaders were at the beginning of the movie right so the the crusader that has the jewel and is his little tomb thing and so they they, they the all end up in there yeah the three of them there's a whole water sequence where they're underwater i don't and understand how and they got underwater um they had to get underwater to get into that area where the jewel was see, right I thought, I thought so this this is where it gets really strange because when they get into the tunnel it turns out it's like a subway tunnel so then they have a subway fight with a mummy it's kind of interesting but then, like, he gets pushed through a wall by a crusader mummy. And then they're just floating there in the water. And then uh, Egyptian princess lady comes out of the water. And <gasps> There's a scene. Okay, so Tom Cruise and Discount Emily Blunt are, like, just head above water, like, trying to breathe. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I need you to stay with me. And he's, like, grabbing her by the face. And then just Egyptian, like, princess lady pops up behind him. Very slowly. And you're like, oh, my gosh. Like, you're like, damn, get right behind yep. you. Yeah, like it's a little, it's a kind of a good sequence. Oh, it's a yeah. great sequence. Yeah. Uh, she gets grabbed by G- Egyptian princess lady who is an adept swimmer. Yeah, like, for somebody who's been stuck in a sarcophagus for right? thousands of years. Like I was surprised. I'm like, she should go for the Olympics. I mean, they live in the desert. When has she ever swam before? Egyptian there are no pools there. Uh, maybe that's a mummy power. Mummy power. <laughs> <laughs> mummy power. Uh, it's a mommy power. They it's have to a teach mommy your kids power. How to, yeah, how to yeah, yeah. Swim. So they, she drags her down into the depths of the this water or whatever. So Tom Cruise goes after her, mm-hmm. and they appear on this other side, and she's dead. I mean, like, yeah, what's she, her face is dead. Discount so, Emily. Discount Blunt. Emily Blunt is straight up yeah. dead. If it was the, real you, Emily Blunt, she would have made yeah, it. Yeah, it's the ultimate discount. She's dead. Yeah, the <laughs> ultimate discount. She gone. <laughs> um, and so he basically gets into it with the mummy lady. Yeah, they they have like Prin- a conversation. Egyptian princess lady slash the mummy. Yeah. One of our very many nomenclature names we yes. have for um, They have a conversation where she's basically like, look. like, <laughs> Look, listen I'm here, a, buddy. I'm a level with you. <laughs> I really want to have my boyfriend death back. Yeah. So, like, if we could just, like, stabby, stabby, like, <laughs> this would be great. So, Tom Cruise, in a, in a turn of character moment decides to stab himself to well un- no he's smashing the jewel oh yeah he's he hits- they they basically figure out they're like we need to destroy it because if there's no gem then mm-hmm. there's no ritual and then there's if there's no ritual there's no curse right right, right. and so he's about to smash the jewel and then it just in princess lady says wait if you 
basically like you have life power over life and yeah. death yeah you can bring people back to life and then in the most obvious camera move of all time he looks over at dead discount emily blunt as if we don't all already know that that's what's happening yep and he's like looks at her thinks about it for way too long yeah and then what does he do he stabs himself he stabs himself yep and you have that moment where like he's writhing on the ground in pain he's getting a bunch of visions um and does it do his eyes split while he's on the ground yes so his eyes split so we obviously the guy we haven't talked about that but the mummy has yeah two pupils in each eye it's very strange it's very weird i think it's just a mummy thing yeah (laughs) i'm not (laughs) a mummy wouldn't know just i don't know i from what i understand of mummy culture (laughs) they have two pupils in each eye Um, not not to be offensive to other cultures not to be offensive to mummies um everywhere but so his eyes split and it's super creepy yeah. and weird. So you realize the God of death is now inhabiting his body. Set has come to the mortal world. Like the mummy has succeeded. Um, but while Egyptian princess lady is having a moment with the God of death. Is having a moment. Yeah. It, it, literally they're like, she, she has her hands on his face. She's like, thank God my boyfriend's back. Um, hey, my boyfriend's <laughs> back. I was so hoping you would do that. <laughs> um, she, Tom Cruise snaps back. Like he's fighting back against this evil entity that's in his body. And um, oh yeah, and you can tell because his eyes keep going from singular pupil to double pupil. That's how right. they. That's how they differentiate. And, so, and he keeps flashing back because he's like, discount Emily Blunt. At one point in the movie, was like somewhere in there, there's a good guy. Yeah, waiting to come out. <laughs> And it's like it was that was said just for this moment so that they could flash back to it and he could be like, I'm a good guy. I just need one pupil in one of my eyes. (laughs) Yeah. And so he's clearly fighting this like inner battle between this God of death and and, himself and Nick. His classic Monday for me, honestly. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I feel this all the time. Well, mostly quarantined. Oh, my gosh. So um, they the mummy and Tom Cruise get into a little spat. They fight like a little bit. But basically what happens is Tom Cruise gets on top of the mummy and then delivers his own kiss of death to the mummy and sucks her of all of her life energy that she's been gaining from other people. Um, And she withers into this disgusting, shriveled up corpse. I say, if you've seen Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part 2, it's basically little Voldemort. Just like way less red. (laughs) Yeah. It's It's really gross. It's disgusting. Yeah. Um, But she withers away into nothing. um, And then... Tom Cruise goes over to just kind of Emily Blunt and is trying to bring her back, but doesn't know how. And so (laughs) basically screams her back to life. But like you see like 100% the mummy coming out. Yeah. Like 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 jagged teeth. Yeah. He's like, just wake up. Like he likes, is that what he yells? I think it's something like that. It's it's something like just wake up. And then she comes to in the spirit world and like comes back into her body. She realizes she's alone. She sees deceased Egyptian princess lady, RIP. Um, and the dagger without the gem. Yes. And then she turns around and while we, she, she saw Tom Cruise in the shadow. We saw black because it was just too dark. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, it could have been anyone. We're, we're assuming he was there. Yeah. His voice was there. <laughs> yeah. And so he basically is like, uh, he said, she, I don't even know what I am anymore. Yeah. That's what he said. Yeah. He, he basically, he knows he's become a monster and he's yes. like, look, you have to go. Like you can't be around me right now. Like I'm not safe to be around. Yeah. Um, I don't think you get a clear visual of Tom Cruise in that moment. No, um, clearly. But he goes, people are coming. You have to go. And she turns around and sees all the Prigidum people coming with guns. 
Um, and she's holding the dagger, which seems very like incriminating, but yeah. whatever. It's not a murder mystery. It's a mummy mystery. <laughs> it's a mummy mystery. <laughs> and so uh, Tom Cruise has disappeared. He's, yeah. he's just gone. And so they, they do some final wrap-ups where um, they take uh, Aminat, um, Aminet, Omelette. English princess. Yeah, English. They, I said English. Egyptian princess lady. <laughs> they, they take a uh, good old omelet and they put her in <laughs> good a... Good old omelet. They put Bless her, her heart. Put her in a sarcophagus and they lower it into a... They lower They fill it with a mercury and lower it into the like depths of the Prigidum headquarters. Um, Russell Crowe says some lines that I don't really remember. I'm sure it's something like... That hints to more in the Dooku that obviously, like, we don't get to see anything of. They basically, like, yeah, they they set up the next Mummy movie or the right. next universe movie because it's him. He basically, we find out that he's brought back Jake Johnson, Jake Johnson's character, and so now they're just palling around in the desert. Yep, on horses, looking for adventure. Yeah, literally, they ride off into the sunset, giant sandstorm behind them, and they could have way more eloquently like had him come back to life. He just yeah. goes, "Hey, man." Thanks for bringing me back and all, but like, what are we doing? <laughs> That's actually what he says. Yeah, and then, and then I thought I thought it was a flashback. Yeah, I thought that for a second too. And then I was like, oh, oh no, it's not even that clever. It's just nope. He's just, it's just what's happening. Yep. They're like, we can't kill off Jake Johnson. He's going to be a staple in our franchise. We need the Quippy Man. <laughs> I know. Oh my gosh, because he like Jake Johnson accurately used is Jurassic World. Yes. Like, oh, he was so good in that movie. So good in that because you're like, that is, he was the perfect amount of comedy. Right. That was needed. And like, and they, I feel like they tried to do that recipe with this and it didn't work. Yeah. It it landed really flat. As much as I liked some of his jokes and like his delivery, like Jake Johnson tried his best, the material given. Oh yeah. He did. I think honestly, like given the material, everybody in the movie did a pretty good job. Mm -hmm. The material just was awful. Yeah. It's like you asked a second grader to write a story. (laughs) And I hope Alex Kurtzman doesn't ever listen to this or Chris McQuarrie. Well, and, well, cause, cause here's the thing. I'll never be able to show my face. Cause here's again. the thing. Hold on. Cause Chris McQuarrie is great. Like he's a, he's a great writer. And then this was also written by David. I don't know how to say his last name. Apologize, David. Coep, Cope, Cope. I got nothing. So David Cope helped write the original Jurassic Park with Michael Crichton. Yeah. What the heck? Yeah. So it's like, it just feels like maybe there was the wrong chefs in the kitchen. I agree. Well, and it's interesting too, because David Cope's career, I, w- I looked at it. He started with a lot of like really good movies in the nineties. And then in the two thousands, you get like Zathura and it's like, what happened to you? Like, <laughs> what happened, what, man? It's what like, what happened you, in your life? That yeah, you just, it's like, why did you go from Jurassic Park to Zathura? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. Um, and like to like to Alex's credit, Alex Kurtman's credit, Kurtman, Kurtzman, Kurtzman. Yeah, there's Thank a Z you. in there. I, Z's are not good with me today. <laughs> um, but he went on to work on Star Trek, like the yeah. with Jabrams. Yeah, and he's like close with JJ because they did Alias. Like that yeah. was like his big thing. Like so he's talented. He had um. So it was really interesting. One of my trivia notes is that he has like a writing partner, Robert Orky or Ork. Orchi, I don't know how you say his last name. It's O R O R C I. I like how we just butcher yeah. names. Yeah, apologize to everybody who's been mentioned <laughs> in this podcast that will never listen to this, so I don't really care. Um, but they're writing partners, and this is the first thing he ever wrote without him. Oh, really? Yeah, that he Ooh. ever did without him. So I was like, maybe Robert was a little bit more than yeah. you thought he was. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So a few notes that I wrote down. Um. Ancient burial rituals totally freaked me out. Yeah. Oh, Don't like it. Yeah, 110%. The whole first... So when they explain... When they do the whole villain's backstory, the whole mummy backstory of how she became the mummy mm-hmm. um, was just... It's just weird. And then I said, apparently the god of death looks like Groot. 
Because <laughs> when he popped out, didn't he look like this is a silhouette? And I was like, he looks like Groot. Like that's I am Groot. Yeah, like she, I was expecting him to say that. Because he brings the dagger next to her, and I was like, please say I'm Groot. <laughs> I am Groot. Just a question mark. Um, and then the other thing I wrote, another reference to Aladdin. There's a lot of Aladdin stuff going on. Really? But when they're running through the town at the beginning, mm-hmm. I was like, parkour! Like, because they're just, like, jumping roof to roof and, like, doing all this stuff. And I was like, it's like Aladdin meets Mission Impossible. It really like, is. this is exactly what that is. Um, and then the set pieces were actually pretty impressive. Like, there were some... Mm-hmm. And the cinematography was not terrible. Right. There like, was there was, awesome there was some really, really cool shots. The lighting was really cool. Um, For... Because here's the thing, like the original Mummy movies, like with, and I say original, and by original, I mean the reboots with Brendan Fraser. Right. Like they knew not to take themselves too seriously. Yeah. Like there's an air of comedy, like it's a fun adventure movie. Yeah. And so like. This Bren- was felt like it was like bordering on horror. Right. Like, yeah. It couldn't, re- it couldn't decide what it wanted to be. Yeah. Like are there parts in the original Mummy movie that are scary? Yes. Yeah. Like you set the stakes, you show what the mummy can do. But this one, like, you could have made this into a horror movie. Yeah. Very, very easily. Like, it, honestly, if it had the tone of, like, The Invisible Man, the new one that came out, it mm-hmm. probably would have been... Oh. Like, it would have been better had they just leaned into the scariness of it. Right. Instead Absolutely. of trying to, like, make it, like, add levity to the movie. Yeah. Um, Because it was, like, a weird... I think because of the Brendan Fraser movies, it's like, we already kind of did that. Right. So, you know I guess I mean? they wanted so a different like, take. Yeah, but it's like, but you should have just done it this one it was like they were trying to like half do that and half do something new and it's like no, no, no just do 100 percent something new right you know well and i i think this is the prime example of trying to take what marvel does and then doing it wrong like everyone yeah. likes to point at dc and be like oh dc it's all dark and gritty and it's not fun yeah like while that's a great example i think this is the prime example of you tried to do a cinematic universe and you flopped once and you didn't learn your mistakes and you flopped right. even harder. Yeah. You flopped even harder the second yeah. time. Well, and, and, and it's like we said earlier, it's a shame because like there's a lot of interesting things you can do like there. So let me yeah let, talk a little bit about the, what they were going to do with, so, the, um, with the Dooku. The Dooku. <laughs> <laughs> um, so obviously Dracula untold um, and then the invisible man. So they were going to do a bride of Frankenstein movie. With Javier Bardem. Yeah. They didn't announce any Bride of Frankenstein or anything like that. Um, but that I guess that would give you the human side of Frankenstein's yeah. monster. Um, the creature from the Black Lagoon was mentioned. We saw the hand pop up inside yeah. of the headquarters. Um, the Wolf Man. Ooh. And if I had to place money based on seeing the mummy, I think the Wolf Man would eventually become Jake Johnson to give him something to do in the franchise. Oh, that would make sense. Yeah. He's got kind of the build for it. Like I could, I could see that happening. Yeah. Um, so before I name this next one, think of musicals, okay. like, like Broadway musicals. What Broadway musical would fit in the Dooku? Into the woods. Um, no. the Phantom of the Opera. Oh, Phantom. Yeah. They would have brought the Phantom of the Opera into the Dooku. Is it supposed to be, or were they just going to like, like just shoehorn that in there. I, I, the the biggest of shoehorns probably. Yeah, the biggest. Like they're, they're probably like interesting. We, the Phantom of the Opera. Yeah, they probably were like, we need females. Grab the Phantom. Oh my gosh, they were just gonna have like, uh, like Doctor Jekyll show up to a, like a showing. He's <laughs> just gonna be in the theater. <laughs> you know what? This Phantom guy seems interesting. I think He's, I'd like to meet him. Yeah, I think the plot of that movie would be him seeing the Broadway musical and him being like. Now that's a monster. No, I need to learn about that, man. It's it's, is this based on 
not a true story. Yeah. Where does this guy live? He's, uh, he goes backstage and tries to contain the actor yeah. who plays the Phantom. Oh, that would have been great. Oh um, my gosh, that's hilarious. And then not only, so I, Phantom of the Opera, which was strange, but then also the Hunchback of Notre Dame. Oh, Cameron's yeah. favorite. <laughs> Those hunch, I need less Hunchbacks. I need less Hunchbacks. Uh, I still think that didn't sound anything like a boat, but whatever. Uh, work, work talk. Work talk. Um, but no, it's like the you hunchback. Have- but isn't I guess so, okay. So there's a lot of Disney properties that are uh, were obviously um, their stories before Disney ever took over them. Right. So it's a much darker story than what Disney told. Right. Obviously, because Disney sanitizes everything. Oh yeah. When even even so, the Hunchback is one of the darker yeah. Disney movies. Like that would have been interesting though to see how they like fit it all together. Well, wouldn't Hunchback and Phantom would be in the same city, right? Because they're both French. Yeah, I didn't think about that. You'd... I wonder if they're friends. <laughs> I bet they are. Uh, Hunchback doesn't have friends. It's part of his whole character. I know, but he's but he does grow as a character. What if it's the Phantom of the Hunchback? The Phantom of the Hunch. The, the Hunchback of, of Phantom the op- Dom. No, the Hunchback of the Opera. <laughs> I uh, seriously, Universal, call us. We I have know. ideas. We have so many <laughs> ideas. Why is nobody listening to us? Um, interesting. Yeah. So those would have been the other, it's a lot of movies. Oh yeah. Oh, and was there going to be like an Avengers type movie where they were all together? So that's the other thing. There was a movie apparently written that was a team up movie with several Dooku monsters. And that this is where I don't understand the cinematic universe appeal. Cause it's like monsters inherently in this world are bad. Yeah. Like Tom Cruise is a good guy with a monster inside of him. But, like, what bigger monster do you throw to make these monsters come together? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like what is what is fighting for the greater good by taking evil and putting it together? Like, yeah. none of the monsters I listed, I, maybe the phantoms taking over all of the operas. Like, I just <laughs> imagined, like, there's a break room for all of them. And, like... <laughs> the water cooler? <laughs> yeah, they're around the water cooler. And um, the phantoms, like, having a really intense conversation with the invisible man where he's like, dude, you got to teach me your ways because i'm trying to be invisible and i had to build all these tunnels and things in my opera but like i can only do it in the opera i can't leave and be invisible so like teach me man the invisible man's like what what power do you have and he just makes chandeliers fall wherever he is exactly he's like i teach people to sing and i drop chandeliers um also i have an evil lair uh you're hired yeah hired man you fit all the boxes i think this was universal basically looking at like imagine you're playing a card game and like apples to apples or like cards against humanity you know you don't have a card that fits the topic but you throw it out there anyway being like well we'll see if this works yeah i feel like that's what their attempt was with the dooku was being like we have all these things let's throw them together put them in a pot let's see if we can do something with it yeah and like do you think people will believe us let's just see what the reaction is yeah Yeah. and the reaction was oh no oh no (laughs) really the phantom yeah it doesn't make any sense it's so strange um and it's it's a bummer because i'm curious to see where it would have gone like obviously they could throw dracula back in there like you can because you could just canonically get rid of dracula untold but like it's just it's a thing that could have been great it had it had the potential to do something really interesting with the franchise and it just like it flopped yeah yeah. It did. You don't want to launch a cinematic universe with a single mother. <laughs> <laughs> if we've learned anything today. Um, all right. Let's go through some trivia facts here. Yeah, let's do it. So the zero gravity scene took 64 takes. 64 yes, takes. And was shot for two days in an actual falling plane. Reportedly, a lot of the crew got nauseous during the scene. Would have been me. Yeah, and, me too. And threw up. 
Except for the main stars, Tom Cruise and Annabelle Wallace, who were really, really proud of the stunt. And they should be. <laughs> yeah, it's That's amazing. That's very impressive. Yeah, it's super cool. Could you imagine the camera guy that was like, hey, you're doing the plane stunt. You know that, right? And you're like, oh, God. Oh, great. And you're sort of there like, Whoa. It's like, like, over in haven't the you ridden roller coasters? Like, never. And yeah. it's like, ooh, ooh, you're gonna have fun today. Yeah. Um, yeah, I <laughs> I get motion sickness really easy. <laughs> oh no. Uh, yeah, I know. Um, okay, so when Jake Johnson was offered his part in the movie, he loved the idea and the opportunity to work with Tom Cruise, knowing that Cruise does most of his own stunts. He signed on immediately. But when he read the full script and learned what kind of dangerous actions were expected of him, he admitted to getting cold feet. However, Cruz allowed Jake Johnson access to his private facilities for a rigorous four-and-a-half-month training course. Four-and-a-half yeah, months? making him well-prepared for all of the stunts he was required he to do. He did look good in this movie. Like, you could tell he was toned, like... Yeah, oh, his face was a lot thinner, too. Yeah. Than Nick on New Girl. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Um, so the film's tagline, Welcome to a New World of Gods and Monsters, is a quote, is actually a quote from The Bride of Frankenstein from the 1935 movie. That's good marketing. Um, which was also produced by Universal. And in this, and in this trivia fact said, and will be the next installment in the Dark Universe franchise. <laughs> Sad day. Pour one out for the Dooku, <laughs> everyone. Know, right? Um, the, let's see here. I actually have a fun fact for you where you look up at the next one. Um, Sophia uh, Batella, yeah. who played the mummy, mm-hmm. um, specifically was chosen for her role in this film because of her eyes. Oh, interesting. And so uh, the director saw her in The Kingsman and uh, oh, saw... she's in The Kingsman? Yeah, she is the assassin oh, with blades on her legs. Yes, you're right. Yep. And so he saw that film and saw how expressive she was with her eyes and was like, now that is a pair of eyes I need for my movie and specifically wanted to cast her for this film because yeah, of her because eyes. Yeah, because he doubled her eyes, so she had even more eyes than she had. <laughs> it was super spooky. I know. <laughs> I wonder if anybody's ever called a mummy four eyes. <laughs> Sp- hey, four eyes! That, <laughs> and she's like, hey, kiss a death. <laughs> <laughs> hey, get over here, punk. Uh, okay, so the mummy's design and gender were altered to avoid similarity with the villain of X-Men Apocalypse. Really? And which I've not seen that, so it doesn't mean anything to me. It's, but I saw part of it because it was on at a friend's house, but I haven't seen the full thing. Um, so director Alex Kurtzman stated that there is no post-credit scene because, quote, that's Marvel's domain. <laughs> and I'm like, why but you is cl- everything trying to be Marvel? But it's like they, they were clearly trying to be Marvel here. Yes. They, they needed a post-credit scene. They needed something to get people excited for what's next. Yeah. And they didn't do it. And that's why people saw this and went, oh, okay, I guess that was fine. Yeah. Not like, oh, I can't wait for the Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde movie. Yeah, right. Like, oh, cool creature from the Black Goons next? Yeah, Neat. exactly. Um, a big fan of Peaky Blinders, <laughs> Tom Cruise personally requested Annabelle Harris to audition for the film. Really? Yes. I've not watched Peaky Blinders. I haven't either. But I've heard really good things about it. Um, my cousin's been trying to get me to watch it. Um, you have such a long watch list. Oh gosh, it's ridiculous. I, and, and think of how many things I've, I have watched. It's like an exclusive club where it's like, I got this movie. I think you really like it. It's like, get to the back of the line. Get, take a number. Get in line. <laughs> um, let's see here. When Universal was planning their Dark Universe franchise, they originally envisioned Dracula Untold as the first installment with this film being um, the second um that film ended since neither of us have seen it that mm-hmm. film ended with dracula in modern day times Ooh. while the master vampire says let the games begin in a very obvious setup for future installments 
Um, there was actually early talk about Dracula appearing in this film. Really? Yeah, which I think would have been interesting. It would have been. It would have been so bloated, though. Oh yeah, yeah. it would have been. Give Dracula's own film. Give Jekyll's own film. Like, yeah. Ugh. Um, so I always love these facts about people who were considered for roles. That yes, I love it. those. So Javier Bardem. Yeah. Just listen to this cast of characters. They could not be more different from each other. Javier Bardem, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, Tom Hardy, and Eddie Redmayne. What? Were all considered to play Henry before Russell Crowe was cast. Okay. Tom Hardy, I get. Eddie Redmayne, I don't get. I don't get Eddie Redmayne at all. I don't get Joseph Gordon-Levitt at all. Yeah. Javier Bardem or Tom Hardy, I could have seen. I feel like if you're doing Joseph Gordon-Levitt, you need Tom Hardy as hide so it's like yeah a but like you can't but they can't i don't see any of them tom hardy could absolutely oh yeah 110 percent. Yeah. but the rest of them no eddie redmayne i know really I'm like, like what i want someone was probably like i saw that fantastic beast movie and i thought he was really good um but then of course obviously bardem was ended up being cast as frankenstein's monster yes. in, the, in the sequel that never happened which is great casting yes oh absolutely um the film's original plot was set in Iraq and followed a Navy SEAL and his team. Um, that battle, uh, mummies led by some name I can't say. Uh, so some other Egyptian Give it mummy. your best college try. Ashurbanipal? <laughs> <laughs> I got nothing. That's all I got. Um, I'm telling you, that's what it's. A-S-H-U-R-E. No, no, no. A-S-H-U-R-B-A-N-I-P-A-L. Yeah, yeah. Right? Ashurbanipal? Ashurbanipal. Ashurbanipali. (laughs) Other Egyptian mummy person. (laughs) Mummy number two. Mummy number two. Um, This was released 85 years after the original mummy, which was in 1932. Oh, that's really cool. That's a fun fact. Um, The release of this film in American Made, which was episode two of the podcast, um, marked the first time Tom Cruise has appeared in more than one film per year since 2012. And in 2012, he started in Rock of Ages, which was mm-hmm. episode seven, seven I think. Of, I, no, I, eight. I, I was close. No, nine. Oh, I was off. <laughs> it was nine of the podcast with my sister um, and Jack Reacher. So 2012, he had Rock of Ages and two also very different movies. Yes. Um, I told you about the Alex and Robert connection. Um, this is fun. The book that Jenny knocks Dr. Jekyll's henchman out with in his library is the book of Amun-Ra from the mummy in nineteen ninety nine. They focus on it. Like it falls to the ground and they like focus on the book. And I'm like, if you're a fan of the the nineteen ninety nine version, I'm sure you would know what that is. I didn't, so um <laughs> I didn't catch on to it. I'm sorry, Fraser fans. <laughs> <laughs> um let's see here. Um polychoria is a real eye disorder where there is more than one people. Really? Yeah. So that actually exists. I feel like that's just an excuse so that mummies can hide amongst us. Um yeah, right? Yeah. I know. It's like, you're like, wait a second. Are you um, a mummy? No. And then for the last trivia fact, I put, look at your phone screenshots because I didn't want to write this one out. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, ugh. Um, I, you and I are both fans of musicals. Absolutely. Which is why I wrote, I didn't write this one down, but told myself to go look it up. Um, Henry Jekyll, played by Russell Crowe, plays a prominent role in this movie. Before the climactic battle scene between good and evil, Jake Johnson's character tells Tom Cruise, this is the moment. This is the moment. Mm-hmm. He repeats it twice. This is the moment is the title of the signature song from the Broadway musical Jekyll and Hyde. 
Jekyll sings it just before he's about to take the potion he's designed to separate good from evil. And I was like, that's kind of cool. That's super cool. I know. I was I, like, that's a neat little fact. I was like, that's kind of, and I don't know if I'm sure they, somebody suggested it. It wasn't like an accident, but, absolutely. Um, but I was like, that's a cool little fact. I like that. I like little Easter eggs. That's like a that. great musical too. I've never listened to it. I say I, when I took voice lessons back in the day, yeah. um, I did a song from Jekyll and Hyde. It was always one of the hardest songs. Yeah. Um, I was, I, I need to know a big one Ooh. um did you know this movie was nominated for the some golden raspberries some gold some razzies yeah so i figured i didn't actually look it up this was nominated for let me one two three four five six seven eight how many did it win one which one did it win so uh would you like me to tell you would you like to guess i don't even know what the razzies are tell me the categories and then or the ones so that was nominated it was for. nominated for worst picture okay worst director worst actor Worst Supporting Actor, Worst Supporting Actress, Worst Screenplay, Worst Prequel, Remake, Ripoff, or Sequel, and the Razzie nominee, So Rotten You Loved It. I'm going to go with Screenplay. It actually won Worst Actor for Tom Cruise. I was going to be my first guess, and then I was like, that's mean. It, it is. Well, here's the, thing. the Razzies are so... I don't like the Razzies. I don't like them either, but the fact that I was like eight... Like for that's pretty bad. It's, it's Do you know who's the only actress to win a Razzie and an Oscar in the same Bullock. year? Yes, because she went and gave the speech at the Razzies the day before, and it was like demanded they read the script and all this stuff, and then she won the Oscar the next day. It yeah. was such a weird. She won the Razzie for All About Steve, and then and won, then won the Oscar for uh, The Blind Side. Yes, mm-hmm. All About Steve is a terrible movie. <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen it. I love Sandra Bullock, but I've not seen it. It's not great. It's Bradley Cooper and Sandra Bullock. Like you'd think like it would right. be it's Bradley it's Cooper. really terrible. Um, all right, Brian, do you have anything else to say about the movie? Well, uh, about the movie? No, but I do have a fun Mother's Day treat that I, Ooh. so I'm going to ask you some, some mother trivia questions. Oh my gosh. I'm nervous. Yeah. These are just, so just some random questions. Okay. You don't have to know the answer. <laughs> I just thought this might be a fun, a fun mom thing to do for Mother's Day. Moms. Yeah. This is for all you moms. Out. This is for you, Lori. <laughs> this is for you, Karen. Yes. My mom's name is Karen. Yes. My mom's name is Lori. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, here's, here's, I'm going to ask you a question. You obviously just answer it. Okay. So, um, the mother with the, who's given birth to the most amount of kids. How many kids do you think? It is. <laughs> um, try, this is what I did right before the podcast started. I'm like, oh, this is going like to be Like at good. once? So Not at once. So like over a lifetime has given birth to the most amount of kids. There is a documented number. A person who lives in Russia has given birth to a certain amount of kids. 16. Oh, you got to go way higher than that. How can you possibly have more? Mrs. Vasilev of Russia gave birth to 69 children between 1725 and 1765. There's no way. Um, this was off a mom website. You can't, because how are you even, it, you don't even have that many childbearing years. I, so maybe twins, maybe quintuplets sometimes. She's like, I had uh, octuplets. She's sitting there with vodka. Eight like, times. Sitting there with vodka like, I am baby pumping machine. <laughs> like that is, there's no way. Okay, continue. Right, the oldest mom to give birth. So, uh, Rosanna. Was it the same lady that had 69 children? Nope. Because <laughs> <laughs> it seems like maybe it would be. All right. Rosanna Dalla Corte gave birth to a baby boy when she was blank years old in Italy in 1994. 60. You're really close. 63 years old. Woo! Well done. Thank I'll give, you. I'll give you the stick Thanks. on that one. <laughs> okay. So, laundry. W- what percentage of laundry is done by mothers? What percentage? 100%. Of- mm. <laughs> 
<laughs> no. <laughs> um, would you like to take another guess? Yes. Um, that was a funny guess. That wasn't a legit guess. It's not um, a bad guess. <laughs> you have to take into consideration people like you and I who live by ourselves and don't have a mom here to do our laundry. Correct. We're old enough to do our own laundry. Also correct. Um, I'm going to go with 72%. You're, you're close. It's 88% is done by mothers. Wow. Uh, totaling 330 loads of laundry and 5,300 articles of clothing each year. Wow. Yeah, it's a lot. Um, how many diaper changes happen by a baby's second birthday? Oh, I got to do some quick math in my head here. <laughs> you're like, okay, I've seen a diaper change on I'm, the reg. I'm like 3,600. Um, if you double that, then you're... Really? Yeah. Seven, it's 7,300. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of diapers. Um, what is a mother's least favorite chore? This one, I don't know if it's true, but it's the one that was listed. Um, cleaning the bathroom. Um, vacuuming the stairs. Oh, I that is rough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's not fun. It really sucks, it's right? Like <laughs> it's like, why am I doing this? Yeah, it's like, uh, okay, I have to go up and down the stairs. Yeah. Um, and then my last mom uh, tri- trivia fact Um so, when was the first Mother's Day? 1955. Uh, it is incorrect. But it's a really hard question. So, I appreciate it. first mother. I was trying to think of, like, when did Hallmark um, exist? May 10th, 1908. It was founded oh. by Anna Jarvis. And it was made a national holiday in 1914 by President Wilson. Interesting. Yeah. I was kind of thinking it was, like, a greeting card. So, I was like, when, is, when did Hallmark exist? See, I thought the same existing? thing. Because it's such a, a marketable holiday. Yeah, well, it's just like, yeah, who thought... I mean, I love my mom. No, I love my mom, too. Yeah. Except my mother does a thing every year where I come home. She goes, we're canceling Mother's Day. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, she said it to me today. And I was like, okay. And she's like, you can come home. We'll eat dinner, but we're not doing anything else. I said, okay, mom. Does she just like not like being celebrated? I I, So my mother is a humble, humble woman. And um, I think she just is like, this is just what I do because I'm a mom. I don't need to be put on a pedestal for it. Like, I'm just, I care about my boys and that's what I want to do. Like, she took care of my... My grandparents, she's she's a great mom. I yeah. love Laurie. Law Laurie. You've, you've met my mother very briefly. I have. Yeah. I met Brian's parents at our convention that we have every year. And <laughs> I, I shook their hands and I looked at Brian and I said, wow, you make a lot of sense now. <laughs> 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 he just did exactly that. And I was like, yep, it's, it is. And your parents seem like very sweet people. They are. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. My mom doesn't like us making a big deal on Mother's Day either. Um karen who's been mentioned on this podcast mm-hmm. more than anybody except tom cruise um <laughs> so and yet we still i'll still go over and celebrate her so yeah she's my mom yeah you know absolutely all right well i only have i have one last thing to say about this podcast episode yes and that is that's a wrap oh Spit